We interrupt this program with some breaking news. Reports of bizarre phenomena are coming from around the globe tonight. Firstly, emotional scenes in toy aisles are being caused by an unexpected, wide, and even distribution of Hasbro's Marvel Legends toy line, with collectors in regional areas of the United States and in countries outside of the U.S. able to find these figures at their local outlets, many for the first time. In related news, eBay has announced that it will need to downgrade its profit forecast for the next financial year. Elsewhere, it has been reported that a premium format figure from Sideshow Collectibles has shipped on time. This has led to numerous reports of people being hospitalized for severe shock. And finally, in what might be the most stunning of the bizarre events we're hearing about this evening, there are unconfirmed reports that a store in New Jersey has received an entire shipment of Funko Pop vinyls with good paint apps. Authorities are advising the public that there is no need to panic at this stage, but experts in the field are saying that any one of these events on its own could be considered a harbinger of the apocalypse. We'll keep you up to date with this story as it unfolds. And you're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 207, for the week of Wednesday the 10th of February, 2016. I'm Scott, and with me tonight are... Eddie... And Ben. This episode is brought to you by Bam Kapow Collectibles and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toy of the Week is the Sideshow Collectibles Dr. Doom Premium Format Statue, and our discussion topic is a toy breakdown of the DC Collectibles Icons line. How are we this evening? Awesome. Alive, which is good. <laughs> yeah, look, you know, I'm a big fan of people being alive, so I'm going to throw it to you first, Eddie. How, how are you besides alive, which, you know, is good. <laughs> I've been good. I've been uh, finishing off my Tarantino movie marathon kick, uh, which I kind of talked about last week. But uh, for those not in Australia, we had a bit of a salmonella outbreak with <laughs> lettuce. That was pretty much uh, shipped to all our supermarkets uh, and is also from a farm that's quite close to where I live. Uh, and I tend to inhale lettuce in my salad every day for lunch. And I wasn't feeling particularly great yesterday, but I kept uh, trying to think in my head, you're just doing that uh, psychosomatic thing or is that what it's called? Where you Yep. Yeah, where you could create the thing in your mind. Oh my gosh, speaking of bizarre phenomena, Eddie just used the right word. Yeah. (laughs) Got one of those brain slugs on my... And and so I I had a bit of a back and forth day yesterday of like, oh, should I go to the doctor if I got someone (laughs) up or is this just something I'm creating in my head because there's (laughs) constant reports everywhere about this lettuce and... Then I did the stupid thing, which was look up uh, oh, no. the effects of salmonella online. Oh, and my gosh. It's things like, oh, you might be breathing. And it's like, <laughs> I'm breathing right now. Maybe. 
<laughs> and I don't understand how I can get salmonella. I eat lots of salmon. Yeah, oh, so, uh, but I woke up today feeling completely fine. About midday, I was like, oh, yeah, I was concerned I had salmonella yesterday. But obviously, I'm good. I just have been thinking about it, and it's cured. Uh, which normally I'm the biggest skeptic in the world. So it was a very... Oh, that's pretty. I love the internet. If you work hard enough, you can diagnose yourself with anything. Oh, it's awesome. Isn't yeah. it? Oh my gosh, I've got leprosy and I'm pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ben, have you diagnosed yourself with anything on the internet lately? Uh, no, no. I can't remember the last time I did either. Oh, trying to think okay. what I was looking up last time. No, no, I think I'm in a clear. Okay. All good. <laughs> And what else is happening with you? Oh, I've had a good week of scores uh, uh, this week. Not all, to- well, sort of toy-related, but um, I finally got a new phone. Oh. And my old my old plan ran out about four months ago, and so my carrier keeps sending me all these messages and emails and things saying, you know, you qualify for a new phone. Come and get a new phone. And I just couldn't be bothered because you've got to go through the hassle of you know, moving to a new phone and... Um, you know, how you're going to lose all your photos and you lose this and your message history. And I, and I just couldn't be bothered setting up the new phone. And I finally wandered past the store and I stuck my head in and I said to the young guy there that I was thinking about a new phone, but I was worried about all that sort of stuff. And he went, no, no, haven't you heard of Samsung Switch? And so, uh, no. Oh, no, it's an app. You just put it on both phones, make one the sender, one the receiver. And I'm like, yes. So I ended up walking out with my new Samsung Galaxy and I used Samsung, Samsung Switch. And in about 30 minutes, it copied absolutely everything over and I didn't have to do anything. So wow. I was very pleased. Oh, Almost as easy as getting a new iPhone, but not quite. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So <laughs> the only thing is I had um, everything that requires a password, I had to log um, log back into. And oh, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't remember my eBay password. Oh, it's no. been that long oh. since I've typed it in that I couldn't remember it. So, But anyway, uh, on to the big one. a couple of grand this week. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. And I got a new car, so that was nice. Yay! So, Great yes, the, the tadpoles. The are new fish mobile. That's it. And the fish pond. Um, all the tadpoles are at full-time school this year. Yay! So it meant our, our little vehicle was um, was no longer suitable for requirements, so it was uh, it was upgraded. And that means I got to get what I wanted, which was... Nice. So, um, and then my third score was um, I acquired my toy of the week uh, item that I'll be reviewing shortly in a in a trade with a chap on Facebook, and it was a, a hassle free, drama free, very pleasant experience. So, mm. wow, very good. Yeah. What about Did you, you let, Scotty? Uh, Sorry, please man. believe it or not, no. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, well, Scott and I have had a few backwards and forwards messages the last sort of week or even over the last sort of <laughs> even six months with just the, uh, the the sheer dickheads that, that used to inhabit eBay have now followed us onto Facebook. Um, <laughs> one of the reasons we joined all these Facebook groups was to palm off all our crap and... Um, uh. In a in a you know friendly environment that's hassle free, but um, you know the idiots I've, seem to have. Found I've got us. a theory that you two are the only people buying these premium format stuff in Australia. So <laughs> wherever you go, the market follows you. Oh, okay, I understand. That's, that's uh, look, interesting. I, I think that it's just partly a reflection of um, society and <laughs> that people's just you know communication and 
commitment and it's really easy on social media has done so many positive things in terms of connecting us and connecting people and making it easy for people to access things. But then it makes it really easy to kind of type things like, Oh yeah, I want that or I'll buy that, whatever, and not follow through. And Mm. I've had that experience a little bit in just selling non toy stuff on the Facebook page for our house, our estate. Like, um, you know, we sold some old furniture and that sort of thing. And, you know, it's, it's, Sometimes it's just super easy and sometimes it's not. And people, I actually had to say to someone this week, this is back to the toy thing, who, you know, has actually taken up quite a bit of my time about a particular, you know, figure that I was asking like 20 bucks for. And then he said, oh, yeah, I definitely want it. Um, but can you just take one more picture of it from this angle? And I just said, look, <laughs> no, you, this is just taken a ridiculous amount of time. So, no. Like I'm, I'm done. If you want it, that's fine. But no. And then he's like, "Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I definitely want it. Oh, but I'm going overseas tomorrow. So can I pay for it when I get back? <laughs> like, uh, no, no, mm-hmm. you can't. Like, I don't. <laughs> people, and it's people. the people who don't get the, uh, who just don't get it. And I had a fellow contact me about a rather large item that uh, that I had on eBay. And the shipping is to the other side of Australia, and so it's expensive. Anything to Western Australia is, is quite pricey, um, regardless of the size. But this is a big item, and by the time I put it in a, a bigger box to, to pack it, um, the postage was quite high. And the guy contacted me and said, well, can you do a better rate on postage? And I said, well, I don't know what's coming up for you, but let me just go to the, the website and I'll, I'll use the calculator. And I came back and I said, well, it's coming up as $120. What's it coming up for you? And he said, it's coming up $120. And he said, so what can you do it for? And I said, $120. He said, well, if you give me a better rate, I'll buy it. And I said, well, if I give you a better rate, it's costing me money. So I'm effectively lowering my asking price to, to accommodate your, you know, better postage request. Well, why can't you send it through the OfficeWorks program? I said, because it's too big. And there's a reason why they don't take big items because they're expensive. And so this guy sent me four or five, you know, he wants me to now organise courier quotes. And so in the end I've said, here are the dimensions, here's the weight, you let me know. Yep, 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 yep. So, oh, dear. Yeah, another week in, in, in the... Uh, <laughs> Oh, well, seller's chair. I, I had a I had a separate, a different humorous anecdote prepared to share this evening. So <laughs> I should. Um, yeah, I mentioned recently that my my father in law passed away recently. That's not the humorous anecdote, by the way. Um, but the the kids were going through photos and stuff um, of him, and my eldest, sorry, my youngest has a photo that she has kept no matter what she's done uh, with her room, et cetera, of her with my in-laws on the day that she was born. Mm. And you know, we've told her the story so many times about how my sister-in-law went and got them and brought them so that she, they could see her on that day, et cetera, whatever. And uh, then she was, they got out photo albums and they came back, she came back and she said, that photo isn't me. It's it's my older sister. <laughs> like, uh, I like, had it up all that time. How do you know? And she's like, because I found her photo, her baby album, and there's all the other pictures that are like that, and I've got one of them. So thankfully, we managed to find the corresponding picture. Oh, good for her. And because and, and like it was actually a really vivid memory of the the 
what was involved in getting them to come and see her on that day, which is why we, when we saw the photo of them holding a newborn, we were like, oh, that's when they came to see you. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, there was just a moment there when I'm thinking, oh my gosh, have we just like destroyed this child's life? Um, you know, please let there be a magic photo. So, <laughs> thank goodness there was. Good work. Good work. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Any other humorous anecdotes, or should we go on to the news? Some of that will be humorous, too, I'm sure. Let's news. Let's news it. Let's news. We'll be back with the news. To stop the evil doomsday, you need a hero who's more than a man. He's been called the greatest, the strongest, the first among heroes. High-voltage villain Conduit is powered by Kryptonite, but with Krypton Cannon blasting, Laser Superman powers him down. Conduit will learn, don't mess with the S. Superman. It's the dreaded Doomsday, the most fearsome force in the universe. Even Doomsday will learn, you don't mess with the S. Superman. Well, now it's time for the news. Articulated news isn't all the news, it's just the things that have caught our eye and interested us this week. And Ben, you've got our first news items, and the first one is particularly interesting, so over to you. Oh, thank you, sir. It is interesting. Uh, nothing concrete as yet, but apparently Hasbro and Mattel are in talks to merge. Uh, this isn't the first time this has happened. Uh, it probably won't be the last, but uh, yeah, I think it's quite interesting. Uh, but then again, I think we discovered recently that us action figure comic hero type collectors are really quite the... Um, the small fry when it comes to the stuff that Hasbro and Mattel are producing. So oh, yeah. um, I think we'd be pretty far down the list in terms of what might happen uh, as one of the outcomes to that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. What what could you foresee in the future? Maybe some uh, companion DC Legends line? <sighs> A Marvel uh, Legends subscription on Maddie Collector. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, uh, Digital River for all the, all yeah. the business. Oh. Yeah. I can't imagine DC and Marvel being cool with keeping major toy licenses under the same roof. And that I might be wrong, but it, it happened in the late nineties. There was a period where Hasbro had the DC license. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know, there are some shocking figures. I just mainly remember a Joker one that was called DC superheroes, but it wasn't that line that came out sort of pre Mm. Um, classics. It was another one that had like this blue packaging. You mean Total Justice? Uh, no, this was no. after Total Justice. These oh, okay. were slightly yeah. bigger than those mm. type oh. ones. And yeah, it was a hard, it was a weird, like, I don't think they got too many figures out to it, but there was a brief window where they were both being uh, made there under the same uh, groupings. Although actually, no, because they went to Toy Biz at the time during hmm. the Kenner, so... Nah, I'm wrong. I'm completely wrong. It was Hasbro <laughs> making DC figures that was weird, but they weren't under the same house. I've recorrected history in my mind. But I actually find, because there was talk about this merger happening a couple of years ago, but I forget which side it was on. I think it might be Hasbro. Um, they're one of their, because everything's connected to a giant corporate company higher up. Mm. And Hasbro has, but it may be Mattel, I may be correcting my memory again, but I'm pretty sure it's Hasbro has some sort of connection in a higher up company to DreamWorks um, and DreamWorks animation. And I'm pretty sure it's Hasbro because Mattel has the animation toy rights uh, for 
Disney and there was some sort of problem with then if a merger happened, Disney were looking at giving basically years future IP to their competition and basically letting them know what they're beginning work on and what they're doing on down the line because toys take so long to produce and all this and it was basically feeding information to your competitor on some of these bigger animation films and there was talk that Disney was threatening to pull some of their IP licenses from one of the toy companies because of this and the whole crossing and sharing of IP and that actually caused the merger to fall through. Uh, so if this is talks again, I'd imagine it's something's gone on there, which it could be because Hasbro is now dealing with the animation doll rights. So maybe the Disney Hasbro relationship has improved or uh, mm. something along the lines there, but uh, has been tried before and it fell through. But yeah, so this one, uh, look, who knows talks of these mergers can happen just to help boost stock in companies, people can do all sorts of weird things. So I'm not going to be too concerned about it until we have the official news that it's happened. Yeah. I think the, the worst case scenario here is that, you know, in a merger, um, things like Marvel Legends continue, but under uh, a bit of a Mattel um, control, if you so to speak. So, you know, having exactly done wonders recently with their DC stuff. So, uh, I'd hate for them to then sort of take over responsibility for Marvel Legends and then completely stuff that up. But then on the flip side, you know, if the DC stuff goes towards the you know, the, the Hasbro guys who are, as far as I'm concerned, doing very well with Marvel Legends, I'd love to see what they could actually do with the DC license as well. If they were able to use the current, I guess, clout that they have with retailers to get DC stuff into uh, at retail in the same way that they're cleverly doing with Marvel, um, that would be really exciting. But of course, the thing about any merger is that you know it would be slow and painful, and these elements of the company that you know we're concerned about are very tiny pegs in the overall thing. So the likelihood that they would be handled like sensibly is probably pretty small, so... Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and I guess regardless uh, of who is steering the ship in terms of superhero action figures, you're still at the mercy of that parent company, and if DC says no classic characters, then it doesn't matter how good the staff are. Correct, um, yeah. You're not going to get that comic-accurate heat wave, so... Yeah, there you go. All right, well, in some other news, um, we actually hear from... Uh, Mattel, and they are telling us that we are going to get multiple body types to the new Barbie figures. So this was actually major news. This was on sort of the uh, the full news networks. Um, I actually heard about it first on my local news um, when they did a story on this, and uh, we've seen some promo shots of some up-and-coming Barbie dolls that feature uh, pretty much every kind of um, height, uh, skin colour, body shape, uh, you name it. And, um, yeah, look, I, I can't see this as being a bad thing. The only, only downside I can see to this is how they actually will work with them because you know how we're used to talking about buck types and you know how we talk about, you know, it's on the Hyperion buck, which is that larger buck as opposed to that middle-sized Black Panther buck. I mean, you know, when they're announcing a new Barbie doll, how do they – are we going to put this on our plus-sized buck? Um yeah, I'm just trying to work out what the language would be like around the development table. Yeah. Huh. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think this is uh, the the spirit behind it is super positive. I think that it is. Um, you know, I will uh, the, the their commitment to it. I think will be you know I'll be interested to see how much of this is marketing, yeah, and how real this actually is in the toy aisles, um, mm. because it's easy to put together uh, some nice images to put out there um, yeah. that people obviously as, as has, it's been a very widely reported story and it's given them a lot of good press, but of course the proof is in the pudding. So I think, um, yeah, yeah I, I'm curious as I'd like to know what the, the general reaction is to these when they actually come out, when, when we get little girls wandering up and down the aisles with mum or dad or whoever, um, and then seeing these dolls, um, I'd really be quite curious to see what the reactions are like. I mean, uh, is this parents buying dolls for their kids and so they go for the more realistic ones? Um, is this kids, you know, getting the opportunity to choose the ones that they identify more closely with? Um, yeah, not really sure. And it was interesting because as I was, uh, I had my Saturday morning routine that, uh, once breakfast is finished, uh, my tadpoles will play for a bit and I'll sit at our, our sort of dining table with the, the computer and I'll start plugging in the, the news items for the podcast. And I was actually, you know, linking this one in and all three of my tadpoles were playing Barbie. Um, and, and that was quite interesting, you know, to see them doing that at the same time. And, and they were going gung-ho with everything and swapping the clothes and all that. And then all I could, you know, picture was um, someone having one of the, plus size bucks and trying to put the dress from the not so you know buxom doll uh hmm anyway yeah. look can, i mean <laughs> i you, you certainly cannot criticize them for the spirit of this like i said uh being just keen to see what the actual commitment to it is in terms mm, of distribution mm. and the long term well, look, they've copped up a lot of criticism for a long time. They've finally done something about it. So, uh, yeah, kudos to them for that. All right, moving on is something pretty darn exciting uh, as far as I'm concerned, and that is uh, Mezco's um, 112 Collective line. This is Mezco's um, entry into that six-inch market we talked about with um, the release of their Batman figures um, and their, I think, the upcoming Judge Dredd. Uh, amongst other things, and we knew that Mezco had a few other things up the uh, coming out. Oh, sorry, coming down the pipeline, and even before Toy Fair has happened, we have heard uh, or seen a whole bunch of stuff come out from these guys, and uh, it blew me away. I have to say, um, I was wondering whether they were going to get the Marvel license, and they have got the Marvel license. They have expanded their DC license. They've even done some sort of one-off um, items such as Space Ghost and uh, Frankenstein's Monster. But uh, we've already seen three or four figures from each of those companies, which is amazing. And I was blown away by the fact that Captain America is featured in both his ultimate look and also what is close to a, a classic look. Um, we've seen three different Daredevils. So if you've got a particular costume in mind, then I think they've pretty much got you covered. Um, we've also seen a Punisher with a swap-out portrait, um, both a, an undamaged and a, and a beaten-up Frank Castle. Uh, on the DC side of the fence, we've seen an absolutely amazing Green Arrow. Mm. Um, really quite impressed with the intricacy that they've managed to do 
uh, with that figure at the six inch scale. Uh, we've got Flash, we've got the reverse Flash, we've got Captain Marvel, that's um, the Billy Batson Captain Marvel. Um, I'm blown away. I'm, I'm really oh, quite impressed. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I was just looking through all this and just thinking, I'm going to have to work so hard to put boundaries about this because otherwise this is <laughs> yeah. just, you know, I, I can't collect a whole other toy line at this price point, even though it's a lot more reasonable than um, other things. But when you look at just, you know, the that classic Captain America um, mm. is so exciting. I think that the Red Daredevil is one that I feel like, Gosh, I have to have that, and then I, and then the Star Trek stuff as well. I mean, you know, we this is something that we have been talking about for quite a while as something that we're excited about to see what the um, level was, and obviously the response initial response has been made them confident to be able to jump in and do yeah. such yeah. A, a wide range. And I, I can see these doing really well, um, you know, in the States because the price point um, there is, you know, quite reasonable. But even here dealing with the exchange rates that we deal with, etc., it's still a pretty price-friendly for the level of quality that you're getting. Mm. And it's space-friendly as well in in terms of, being able to display this stuff. I mean, I, I'd love to go nuts if I with uh, sideshow premium formats, for example. But even if I had the budget, I don't have the space yeah. to. Um, and that that informs a lot of what I don't get because I think oh, I don't have room. Whereas these, eh, it's so exciting. I'm so excited. Look, I when we first saw the the Dark Knight Batman, that that first figure to come out in this series. Um, I was a little bit worried that they were going to focus on the stylized mm, mm. Um, characters and that perhaps we weren't going to see sort of a universe-building element that they maybe only had the license to do certain interpretations. Um, and then, of course, we got the Batman versus Superman figures, and I thought, oh, okay, maybe, you know, again, they're doing that sort of very specific, um, those those niche kind of lines. Um, but not only did they hit us with sort of Flash, Reverse Flash, Captain Marvel, Green Arrow, but there's also that fantastic classic Superman as well. So in his yeah. traditional S shield sort of costume, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm amazed. I think these are really really impressive. And Eddie, surely they can't be far from doing a Deadpool. Yeah, I will be. Um, I'm trying to avoid picking up any of these just because <laughs> of, um, as Scotty was mentioning before, price and all that. But if they do a Deadpool, I'm definitely in, and that. Green Arrow himself has got me very close to going and yep. the wonderful Kirk that they've done yep. now, you know, sort of completing off that Star Trek one looks fantastic. But I I almost wonder, Ben, I was going to ask you this question because as you were saying, we did think, okay, are we getting enough of them? They sort of seem to be dripping them out. And then today with this news, they've gone <laughs> almost Yikes. the other way. Like there's yeah. almost so much revealed and, I got to wonder, you know, at points, is this all going to be hitting in the same month a couple of times? Are we going to get Flash, Green Arrow, Kirk, uh, yeah. Punisher, <laughs> and that? And then, you know, it sort of hit um, hard. Have they almost gone like too much too quickly? I'm assuming the line's doing well for them. Yeah, I, I, I would hope that this is going to be a more staggered release um, mm. schedule. At this stage, I, I'm really keen on the Star Trek stuff. I think that's something that, you know, where I feel really confident to jump into that simply because I don't have any other, you know, don't, oh, I have an enormous Diamond Select Star Trek collection sitting in the garage that <laughs> pro- probably needs to 
strapping salt. But um, oh, the- hang on, <coughs> hang on, hang on. Didn't someone say that they they would dive in if they Dunkirk? Because we got we got Sulu. Oh, I'm in. I'm in for I'm in for Star <laughs> Trek. Absolutely. So that, I was saying, look, I'm definitely in for the Star Trek stuff. Um, and I think at this stage, I will have to go really cherry picky with characters that green arrow i mean green arrow is one of my second tier guys so that's for sure um and uh yeah i was just about to say that i'm going to stick with marvel like i'll i'll pick up the classic cap the daredevil the punisher um but i'm not going to look at the dc figures but i was just looking at that captain marvel and given that the mezco are actually producing a lot of accessories for these figures if that Captain Marvel has a um, a swap out portrait that is more in line with the sort of classic CC Beck look, then I'll be doomed because then I'll have to That's get so Captain funny. Marvel. And if I get Captain Marvel, I'll have to get someone to go with him. So it'll be uh, all downhill from there. <laughs> but of course, you know that Green Arrow, I could easily be convinced to get that. So I'm um, interesting to note that. The Spock 112 collective figure is already pre-order sold out on Big Bad Toy Store. Oh, is it? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think if you, um, you know, are thinking that you want that, you better lock in your pre-order. Mm. Is um, I think Mitsuko have their own store. Oh, do they? Uh, is it? Yeah. So that might be if they're still there. That might be the best place to actually grab them straight from. I wonder what they're. I mean, it's not to, always um, the case, but. If you've ever been to Hasbro Toy Store, but very good. All right. Well, moving on, uh, we are obviously hotting up for Captain America: Civil War, getting all sorts of bits and pieces, and Diamond Select, um, who have produced some pretty darn good stuff, are uh, bringing us a few exclusives via the Disney stores. So, hooray! If you're in Australia, just run down to your local Disney store and. Pick <laughs> And we are getting a Captain America who actually doesn't look too bad in the scheme of things uh, with a traditional change of costume for every incarnation so they can license the crap out of it. But it um, doesn't actually look too bad, very nicely sculpted. Uh, but the one that has me quite interested is the Black Panther, uh, looking very, very slick. And what I really like about this is it's quite a classic um, Black Panther and it doesn't have the weird silvery piping all over his head, etc. This looks um, straight out of the, the comic, which is really quite nice. And they are also reissuing the Winter Soldier figure. So if you missed him the first time around, this would be your opportunity to get him. So very nice. Very good. I don't mm. mind those. No, I, I do like, I, I like I, the Black I've Panther. Always, oh, yes. I've always cracked up at that, um, that weird accessory that the Winter Soldier comes with. He looks like he comes with one of those old-fashioned... Um, you know, the hula hoops with the paper that, you know, the circus and they get the lion to jump through it or something. Oh, uh, I assume so it's funny. meant to be a broken window or something like that. <laughs> that is it's funny. Kind of, kind of awkward. So, but right, keep an eye out for those if you have a Disney store near you. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, speaking of Civil War, there's been lots of Marvel Legends talk this week as assorted uh, waves have been leaked. Uh, but uh, we're just going to stick with one in particular because we've actually seen some of the package shots, and that is the new um, Marvel Legends Captain America Wave 2 figures. So this is following hot on the heels of the, the wave that features um, Sharon Carter, etc. Uh, we get two movie figures, uh, three movie figures, in the way of Captain America, Iron Man, and Black Panther. Wow, I can't wait to get another Iron Man and Captain America. <laughs> 
Heath Ledger Hasbro gets the DC license. There'll be a Batman and Superman in every single way. Yeah. Um, I haven't actually sort of seen much from him other than the Black Panther. Looks like he's a bit silvery pipey. But um, Ray, um, sorry, finishing off the wave, we actually get Nuke, which is actually pretty cool. It's the guy with the American flag tattooed across his face that's um, beaten up Cap and, and Wolverine a couple of times. We get Red Guardian, which, yeah, I guess for you guys is pretty good, but I just finished a custom of Red Guardian. So <gasps> <that's a> bit... <laughs> Thank ben. you. That's a bit of a poo-poo. You're and so I now, predictable. I know, I know. And, of course, who did I do before that? Sharon Carter. Boo-poo. So if anyone <laughs> wants a figure made into a Marvel legend, let me know. I'll whip up a custom and I'll guarantee it'll be in a wave within six months. Okay. Uh, can you please do Monica Rambo then? I can. I'll do that. Thank you. Okay. I'll do that. Um, and uh, uh, hang on, where did I get to? Red Guardian and finishing off the wave is actually a pretty cool figure, and that is Nick Fury. Um, mm. This is, of course, old man Nick Fury with the eye patch. Um, and, uh, I mean, the figure himself looks kind of, you know, he's all right, I guess. I don't think he's um, that much of an improvement on the two-pack one that we got a few years ago. But what is actually really cool is he comes with multiple swap-out heads, um, one of which is like a generic sort of helmet. So for all those people who have wanted to army build their shield agents but uh, missed out back in the day and, and can't find them cheap now, this will be your opportunity to um, army build your shield agents. Just uh, going back to the Red Guardian, I was, as a big Defenders fan, I was really hoping against hope that it was going to be the female Red Guardian, Red Guardian 2. Me too. Yeah, which to me is a much more interesting character. Um, But there you go. And, you know, a a boo to an all-male wave, too. Like, seriously, it's hard enough getting the female characters out there. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, The third head that comes with Nick Fury is actually Dirk Anger who is a, um, the guy who heads up, I think it's Hate was their name. They were um, featured uh, anger, in... Hate, um, uh, 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 they were featured in Warren Ellis's... Um, 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 uh, what was the, the comic he was writing? Next Wave? Uh, yep. Oh, love. Uh, like parody type one? Yeah, yeah, which yeah. supposedly wasn't in the main Marvel universe, but um, those characters... Next Wave. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a very, it's a fluid continuity. Some of it Mm, kind of mm. is, but some of it isn't, yeah. Love Next Wave. So that's um, that's good news for people. I mean, for those people who have no interest in building S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, you know, you've got Dirk Anger and there he is ready to go, but then uh, I'm quite keen on getting some of those S.H.I.E.L.D. agents with a a helmeted head, so that's not bad. Oh, and I forgot to talk about the Builder figure. There you go. Spoilers. Uh, Spoilers. Okay. Toilers. Okay. Toilers. okay, if you if you need a toiler, I suggest you fast forward uh, about two minutes. The builder figure is the Captain America Civil War Giant Man. Um, so you know, if you haven't put two and two together, let me uh, let me help you out. And obviously, at some point in the film, Mister Rudd goes boop and goes the other way, and instead of becoming really little and ant like, he becomes giant like and Pretty much, I think it's the same Marvel Legends figure. They just scaled it up to cheap bastards. Uh-huh. The um, this is the second toiler for that because it was already toiled in the Lego sets. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, did you guys see the Deadpool movie Lego sets? I did. That they did. <laughs> that was some brilliant marketing. <laughs> that was they are the having a movie lot of fun spoilers set. Was just yeah. So you didn't right. go to the um advanced screening last night, Eddie? 
No, I didn't. Oh, dear. I have a Facebook friend who... Um, oh, you're going to make me cry on air. <laughs> ...went and said it was unbelievable. I am. Uh, I'm my. I've got a friend, my best Good friend on you, Claire, Good who on I, you. I know, my best friend Claire, who I see every Marvel movie with, and she's out of town uh, oh, next week, so I don't have my regular Marvel person. There are people who are seeing it before me. It's just disastrous. It's just, you know, first world one percent problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, I've um, I've actually got Thursday off when it comes out here in Australia. So if you want to fly up, well, I'm happy to see whatever session. Is it this Thursday, is it? It's this coming Thursday, I believe. Uh, it's okay, I've already found a redhead girl to replace her. I'm going to no, take I her. I can't so. compete with a redhead. Yeah. Is that Lindsay Lohan? No, I wish. Okay. Yeah. Oh, she wears a wig, nice. I think, so. How could you possibly still... Anyway, that's another story. <laughs> yeah. anyway, speaking We're of other stories, that's that, my yeah. news. Okay. <laughs> And before I get too depraved, here we are with my news. So Ben was talking about a Black Panther figure, but I have a whole bunch of cat-based figures. We are getting our looks at the Thundercats uh, subscription over at Maddie Collector. Uh, so this subscription is up. You can sign up for it. I actually just subbed up for mine today. Sucker! Uh, yeah, Sorry. I know. I... I I, I always get suckered back in because what if I miss out on that Mumra? <laughs> uh, we have seen the Mumra is out in toy version now and he's looking good. Uh, we've also seen the Panthro, the Pumira, and the Jackal Man. Uh, some of them do kind of look like they've still got some Photoshoppiness going on with them, i got to say. I don't know if this is all uh, still a 100%. And they've got the little asterisk tag saying subject to change at the bottom there, but uh, seeing them all in their glory is looking good and is getting me excited uh, for this line. I don't like dealing with Digital River or Maddie Collector, but these four horsemen sculpts are really brilliant. I am liking it. The changes that they've made to even the original Lino that we saw at San Diego last year, he's just looking incredible. The thing that still baffles me, like, I think these figures look absolutely stunning and I've hovered over the button on a number of, number of occasions now. I'm, I'm really quite keen and I agree with you, Eddie, the, the sculpts are fantastic. But there's no thermometer or anything like that. And I, I sit back and scratch my head and I wonder about these DC characters that have been around for 75 years. Um, you know, they're, they're icons of pop culture, yet Mattel couldn't drum up enough interest without having a thermometer to guarantee sales, yet something that's based on a cartoon in the 80s that had a couple of seasons is only remembered by grown-up fanboys doesn't need a thermometer? Maybe they finally moved away from the thermometer. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of you getting into a couple of different things. One, the thermometer was always a bit dodgy at best in terms <laughs> of its accuracy. I, I'm not too sure if you guys followed some of the thermometer gates, but they were <laughs> actual moving thermometers as much as JPEGs that were put up Oh yeah, um, when they were thought roughly around that ones, which if you actually clicked into, uh, people far more clever than me, but on the He-Man boards would actually click into the details of the pictures and mm -hmm. some of them had dates attached to it like sort of, uh, oh, this should go up around this day 
here and things like that. So I don't know how accurate they were. They were obviously, as you're saying, to push it as a marketing thing. And with the DC line, I do sometimes think that was a bit of a different beast because that wasn't the only place you could get DC figures. There were still uh, figures being released at retail in the stores. You also had competition from DC collectibles themselves releasing DC figures. It's not like, you know, if you're a Thundercats fan, you know, if this sub doesn't go ahead, you're not then going to be able to walk into a store and grab um, other Thundercats figures elsewhere, unless yeah. you've still got one of those reject stores that still has um, certain panthros sitting around <laughs> there from the last cartoon <laughs> series. Uh, but yeah, so I do think DC is a bit of a different uh, beast in that, but I, I'd compare it more to like the Ghostbusters sub that didn't go ahead uh, a little bit beforehand, which I think was the first sub uh, that didn't run. But yeah, no, very. It's it's always an odd thing. I I never really buy into too much of the hype of having to sub and get numbers up and all that. Like these figures are being tooled, they're being done, and I really think at the end of the day, it's what this line sells that will determine next year's line more than our yeah. selling determining anything with this current year's. Yeah, truth. Mm. Yeah, and uh, speaking of Ghostbusters. We have from the little-known company of Lego, uh, the new Ghostbusters Lego Ecto-1 and Ecto-2 set. So this is from the 2016 movie uh, with uh, Kristen Wiig um, and the other three actresses that I'm blanking on. At the moment, there's the other one. Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy, that's the one on the tip Um, of my tongue. uh, And um, the other two Saturday Night Live girls who I'm not as familiar with. Uh, And we also get a fifth Ghostbuster uniform minifigure, so Toilers again of Chris Hemsworth uh, here on the Ecto-2. And what is, I think, actually our first look at a ghost from the new movie, which is sort of a demonic batwing uh, looking minifigure made out of some of the skeleton and what might be robot kind of parts uh, there to create him, plus the Ecto-1, which is a slight revamp on the original uh, Ecto-1, sort of the hearse ambulance look there, and some little ghost-busting tools and gadgets going through there. I've got the original Ghostbusters uh, Ecto-1 set. It's one of my favourite Lego sets. It's one of the few I still have out on display. And... Um, I am looking forward to this new 2015 movie. So uh, if it is good and warms my heart, I'll probably be looking at picking up this set. (laughs) Nice. I think you could be the only one. I think, judging by a lot of reaction, I do feel like I am with this because I also want to get those Mattel figures, which I seem to be the only person who had any (laughs) interest in. Yeah, I, I feel like regardless of the quality of the movie that... I, I I hope I'm wrong, but you know the, uh, f- there's a, so much poo pooing on this from fandom etc that I'm struggling to see it doing well unfortunately, and but I really hope I'm wrong. I I'm hoping you know a good movie can come through and turn around. And to absolutely, be honest, like, I can. a lot of the uh, 
sort of poo-pooing I've heard is being kind of ridiculous to me in that oh, I remember totally. people it's... saying that they're, oh, look at their frumpy uniforms. Don't they look terrible? And it's like, well, they look like the frumpy uniforms that the guys yeah, wore in the 80s. <laughs> like, I don't see what you're trying. They're not going to be, you know, tight leather outfits just because it's women in a movie. Uh, yep, yep. The ones who are there. But uh, I, I am... Uh, Fingers crossed on that one, but look, as I said, I'm playing it cautious too. I'm I'm going to probably wait for the movie to come out before I buy uh, the Lego set. I'll probably buy the figures beforehand though, just because they'll go into my Mattel Ghostbusters figure collection that I'm full of. My biggest struggle at the moment is they have the uh, new Dimensions Lego Peter Venkman, who comes with a more accurate Bill Murray headpiece, and I'm kind of tossing up spending $40 just to get that one little headpiece, so my... Bill Murray Lego figure seems more accurate than his Wolverine headpiece sculpt, but huh. uh, that's a separate issue that I've got to deal with internally. Uh, speaking of people who have weird issues in their mind, we have coming from Icon Heroes, the Harley Quinn Batman Arkham Knight paperweight. Uh, so if you're not looking to grab one of those Prime One studios, uh, huge statues you've got this much cheaper version uh but coming with a bit less detail uh with this harley quinn paperweight uh she's going to be a game stop exclusive uh and very much based around the design obviously from the arkham knight game so this is one uh she's wearing sort of the corset sort of more classic harley quinn colors that uh, more recent look of her with the blonde hair with the dyed pigtails coming through at the end. Uh, her barbershop baseball bait, bat um, standing there in a bit of a pose. Uh, I don't know if they've got her head looking 100% accurate on this one for me. The actual character in the game has a bit more of a longer face and her makeup just looks kind of like one of those gaseous statues you'd find in sort of like a cheap Mm, store mm, with yeah. the white paint. I, there's something with that white paint being done over a flesh tone sculpt that's just not really working for me there. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I don't right. like it. It's just mm. Harley Quinn. I think I'm done with Harley Quinn. <laughs> I feel like every week we're talking about Harley Quinn and I'm just like, oh, it's another Harley Quinn thing. Okay, great. Well, yeah. I, I've been, and this might be something me and Scott might get into a little bit in the DC Collectibles talk, but. Looking at some of the DC sales numbers and that at the moment, Harley Quinn is pretty much their A-list top-tier character in these last couple of years in terms of sales. Like, she's her books are selling more than Superman. She's got more ongoing books uh, almost than, like, Superman and ones like that. She's up there now. It's almost... In my mind, she's no longer that kind of side character. She's mm, mm. almost part of the Trinity. It's Superman, Batman, and it's Harley Quinn over <laughs> Wonder Woman these days, or even Green Lantern and The Flash. I mean, her sales on her books are actually one of the main things keeping DC publishing afloat at the moment, which is, uh, I think, kind of scary, actually. Uh, for DC, they're not even in the top two publishers anymore, which is very freaky. Uh, but if you are looking for some good DC product, we have coming from NECA Studios, NECA, uh, the one-fourth scale Batman v Superman Batman figure. So this is part of their jumbo figure line. And he's looking very much like uh, the Ben Affleck we're seeing pop up over the place at the moment, but he does also seem to have 
I don't know if it's a lighting thing or that, but there's a bit more gold showing through on his outfit with his uh, bat fins and, oh, yeah, and his knuckles there and that. So I'm not too sure what's kind of going on there, if that's a detail the other pieces haven't really picked up or – and even the tips of his boots kind yeah, of have it there. He's, um, yeah, he's steel caps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure about that. These um, NECA one-quarter scale figures, they actually seem to do really, really well. This is something that, that my local comic shop seems to always sell out of. And um, some of these figures, when you start to have a bit of a look around for them on a secondary market, they actually go for big bucks. Yeah, I think these are outstanding. You know, when you look at price points for a lot of uh, similar things in this scale, uh, these are very, very reasonable Mm. And and the quality is quite high. They're they're not bad figures at all. Yeah, yeah I I almost think of them as and look, I'm too poor to buy this line, so I by no mean mean any offence to anyone. But these are kind of the poor man's hot toys. They're really well sculpted. They look very much like the characters um, that appear in the films, and that it's sort of larger um, action figure kind of end there and they really do look fantastic and they are hitting generally more markets than hot toys at least in the beginning hot toys might be giving them a bit more of a run for their money these days but you know these were much easier to find earlier on than a lot of the hot toys that were uh coming out but uh yeah i I can definitely still see this being a big i mean it's batman it's probably going to sell uh, anyway, I was actually surprised that we didn't get a Superman solicit uh, in here. It does seem like we've gotten a lot of um, Batman and Superman together, obviously. Oh, uh, give it film. time. But, uh, yeah, I am sure that it's coming, but I just uh, would have thought that it would come uh, together. Uh, and for my last bit of news, and it is a bit of a horror story that I don't have any segue to combine with it, but I actually don't watch American Horror Story myself, which is uh, the latest line of pops that we are getting is from the new season of American Horror Story, which is Hotel. Uh, so you're looking at getting Mr. March, Hypodermic Sally, which I think might be Lady Gaga. I no, she's been in this latest season, and as far as a pop goes, that kind of looks like Lady Gaga. <laughs> and uh, a fella named Holden, who has a very bloody uh, mouth if uh, the pop vinyls had mouths there. Uh, so they they are looking very creepy. I'm sure they could disturb uh, some people on your shelf. Uh, but my favourite horror item of the week uh, is actually vinyl idols, and I think this might be the best vinyl idol that they've done to date, which is the Patrick Bateman American Psycho uh, vinyl idols. And when I saw the solicit for this, I just saw the text and I was like, okay, I can kind of picture it's going to be him and his suit holding an axe, which it is. But they've actually done the translucent raincoat on him. (laughs) And I actually reckon that looks really good and really well. And this might actually be one of the best likenesses uh, that they've done on these vinyl idols in that it doesn't really look like the character, but it does look like the character if Ardman Studios had done it. And just, yeah, <laughs> so I, I am digging that. Uh, there is also a uh, Walter White Breaking Bad uh, one of him in his uh, sort of yellow hazmat uh, outfit, Dangerous Chemicals, with a mask uh, pulled up on the top of his head. He's got some wonky eyes going on in this solicit one. Uh, which just mm. kind of seems odd. I don't know if they've really captured Brian Cranston too well, apart from having glasses and a goatee. I have a, 
I um, I've got a great story about American Psycho, and I went to see it at the cinema because I'd read the book, and the book was quite controversial. It was banned in England and things like that. It, it's quite graphic. Sold in plastic here, I remember. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. I was actually working part-time at a bookstore at the time, and I remember we got in 20 copies, and a fellow came in and bought every copy we had, and he was um, sending them to England. Um, keeping in mind, this was pre-internet days, so you couldn't just order something off the internet. But I went to the movies, and these two very young girls came and sat in front of um, my friend and I, and um, there's a scene, basically, that this particular figure um, in, you know, is, is portraying where um, he uh, basically walks up and, and, and hits a guy in the head with an axe, and um, it's you know, quite a graphic film. And these girls just absolutely shrieked at the top of their voices, like just shrieked, freaking everyone in the cinema out. Of course, because we were sitting in front of them, we weren't ready for it. They got up and ran out of the cinema. Uh, and my friend and I were just looking at each other going, I wonder what part of American Psycho you missed when you were getting tickets, like the fact that it was <laughs> called American Psycho, the fact that the poster was right there and it's got a picture of a guy holding a knife, the fact that it's rated R, just wondering like you know, <laughs> what what you actually need to uh you know to give away the content of this film so well i i remember my father buying the book and we i was young at the time like i'm talking seven or eight and him because often if my dad was reading a book i'd say oh what's the book about and he'd give me a bit of a tale about what was going on in it and he was like oh this one's a bit more adult and da 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 and once he was done with it i actually stole it off his bookshelf and read it <laughs> oh my. cover to cover as a young kid and learned a lot of life lessons and that running no, I bet you did. Yeah. through but i'd recently seen a harrison ford movie with willem dafoe in it as the bad guy so he was who i pictured as the killer and then when the film came out and they said Willem Dafoe's in the movie, it's like, oh, well, that's just perfect casting. That's that's spot on. And he doesn't play the killer in it. It was a completely different character, and it annoyed me the entire time I watched the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, my weird one. But that, uh, that brings my news to an end there. Cool. Well, I take over, but I'm sticking with Funko and the Mopies. Uh, brand, which is not my favorite Funko skew, but there you go. Thank you, Mopey. Uh, they make you mopey. Well, I guess that's the idea. I mean, you know, they're they're cute, but the I like the faces more than I like their little um, bottoms because they look like they're wearing sitting and wearing diapers. I don't know. I'm just not don't love it. Uh, but if you like mopies and you like Batman versus Superman, then you'll be able to get Batman versus Superman. Mopies, there's Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman, uh, which um, will be very exciting to you, I am sure. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Aquaman. Uh. No, I mean no. The <laughs> <laughs> not, not that one. The and then another Funko idea, which is pop pins, and uh, they just can't get enough of making different things for pop. So these are pop illustrations of like pop heads of characters but on a pin uh it doesn't actually say how big they are but it said like you know little tie pins or something and at the moment uh on the comic side you can get batman harley quinn robin joker superman wonder woman 
uh, Penguin and Riddler. And then there's also Batman TV themed ones, the 66 show of Batman, Catwoman, Robin and Joker. So if you love pop so much that you want to wear them, then this is your opportunity. Isn't it bizarre that pops are so successful? They're not just their own, like, oh, brand. they're, gosh. They've then taken that brand and concept and moved it on to other merchandise because there's mm. the pop mugs, the pop t shirts. Mm. Crazy. I, I'm going to be interested because I have started to hear a lot of people compare pops to beanie babies <laughs> and it is i think going to be interesting in a couple of years to see how we uh see these pops whether because some of them are going for crazy money mm. of those original ones online now like it's getting to be that um really insane amount but you know some of the the more modern ones are just you can find them anywhere yeah and yeah. starting to hit through and i i Got to imagine there's going to be a bottom to the market somewhere. Oh, for sure. It doesn't help that Funko are actually re-releasing a lot of them. I know the early DC ones sold out and Green Arrow was going for massive amounts of money and Funko are re-releasing that figure. But Mm. um, I know a lot of the early Muppets go for huge dollars too because they were one of the the first properties that they produced and and they're no longer doing them. And if you have the Clockwork Orange one, you can retire apparently. (laughs) Mm. Can you, do you remember the that famous photo of the um, the couple who were getting divorced? And there's that that photo of them in um, before the presiding judge, and they they were arguing over their Beanie Baby collection. Yes. So the, the judge <laughs> made them come in and divide them up in the courtroom. Yeah. 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 See people doing that, stacking up their Funko Pops. Pops. Yeah. Crazy. At least they're more stackable than Beanie Babies. That's right. <laughs> that is true. Uh, so onto a different license that. Um, always seems to have mileage, and that is the Bruce Lee uh, license, I guess. It must be a license. And uh, SH Figure Arts has done Bruce Lee before, but this is uh, the Tamashi Nation's Bluefin version. Uh, This is shirtless Bruce with black pants. And I have to say, obviously, one of the strengths of the SH Figure Arts stuff is the highly detailed articulation. I don't know how well it works on a bare chested character. It is. So obviously if you want to pose Bruce, then this articulation is going to really help you to get some awesome poses, but aesthetically I find it odd to look at. Yeah. It doesn't help that some of the um, accompanying images are a bit blurry, but uh, oh, look, this is Bruce and he's most famous. This is the uh, end of the dragon. Bruce, and you've got to give him credit for the promo shots. There's plenty of um, awesome poses they've got him doing. Oh, absolutely. And it looks like he's got multiple heads. I think I count at least three different heads as well, so mm. or if not more. Yeah, that's very cool. I, I do like this. Okay. Yeah, I mean, mm. look, I think, again, from an articulation point of view and achieving good poses, awesome. I just I find it just a bit visually mm. uh distracting yeah odd to look at so mm-hmm. there you go still figure arts but moving on to the sailor moon license you might have thought there was nothing left to do but you no. would be wrong um because now that all of the sailors have been uh completed we can move on to the secondary characters or, or supporting characters like tuxedo mass that adam reviewed the last time he was on the show and another one that is coming from sh figure arts is now i do not know how to pronounce this but i'm thinking it's chibiusa mm, okay. Good enough. Mm. And, okay 
no corrections from the group, but this is actually the version because if you she she gets brainwashed uh, and turned into Lady Black or uh, Black Lady, sorry, and this is the Black Lady Chibiusa uh, version, looking suitably freaky. And mm-hmm. um, if you are have been collecting this, then this will be a nice addition to the line, and that is due in uh, July of this year. So. Um, good to see that that line is still going. Um, and another line that, uh, or license, I should say, that just seems to continue to have legs is the Mortal Kombat license. We've got a couple of different companies um, producing Mortal Kombat stuff. Now, Mezco did what was somebody reviewed one on the show? Six, they did six inch yep. Mortal mm. Kombat. Was that you, Ben? Or yeah, I did yeah. Scorpion and. Yes, I have to say I'm a bit peeved at this that you know they're announcing <laughs> this line and bringing them out because um, they've already cancelled the six inch line. Mm. What? So that, so we, really? Mm, mm. So they've now announced they're going to do a three and three quarter line, um, and they've announced the same three characters that they did for the six yeah. inch line: um, Scorpion, Raiden, and Sub Zero. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether or not they can go beyond. Those characters and this, uh, you know, certainly from a articulation and obviously these are promo shots, but they look highly detailed. Um, I'd be interested to see how much that actually makes it into production. This is really like they're just repeating the was it Jack Specific that had the license or yeah. Jazzwares yeah. or whatever that did the six inch figures? They got you know, Scorpion, Sub Zero, Raiden. Uh, a couple of others out, then went really obscure with their second line. No one brought it, so then they went to the smaller versions and then just did the same characters, which, mm. learn your history, you're doomed to repeat it, folks. <laughs> it's, uh, weird. But if you did want to get in uh, on this four-inch line, uh, you can also visit the Metsco store and pre-order them right away, along with your uh, Spock. So if you're after that Spock, he is up on the Metsco. Unfortunately, store. unless you live in the uh, US, Canada, or Mexico, they won't ship it to you. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so just a little... You know, disclaimer there. Um, the and then finally, still with Mortal Kombat, but moving over to Pop Culture Shock, their quarter scale Mortal Kombat line continues with Shao Kahn, and uh, this is twenty two inches tall. It's due out first quarter two thousand seventeen. Woo! Uh, and uh, yeah, it's huge. Friggin' huge! Yeah, he's a big dude. Big dude. Yeah, he's he's the big bad from uh, the Bison Kombat. Huge. Um, yeah. This real this is another one of those ones that just makes me picture in that thousand years time at Antiques Roadshow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, now this barbarian man, do, do you know what license is for? Here's from the Mortal Kombat. It was very very bloody gladiatorial battles where teenagers were forced to kill each other in the Hunger Games Palace. And uh, this was he was one of the big bads at the end. But yes, uh, Limited piece. You can tell by the markings at the bottom. He was made by Pop Culture Shock, and they company at the time. Just oh my god! When, when we die off, and our next generation has to sell some of this stuff. Oh, oh my gosh! Can you imagine? <laughs> hey, uh, this is this is one of those statues that um, Pop Culture Shock do variants. If you actually go to their website, there's a, a bloody version as well as. Oh, very uh, good. 
can't remember the other one, but there are actually a number of versions if you go to their main website. Oh, yeah, they love doing repaints, that's for sure. Yes, and they also but, do those deals where if you pre-order, you get a discount and stuff too. Yeah, yeah. But what I like about the way that they do this is that they tell you up front all the ones that are coming. Mm, it's not, mm. you know, not like two months later they go, oh, yeah, by the way, we're doing this one as well. <gasps> um, <coughs> <right>. Sideshow. <clears throat> um, so there you go. Well, what better note to um, end the news on than Eddie's fantastic Antiques Roadshow of the Future. And uh, with that, we will take a break and hand over to John for the next installment of everyone's favorite podcast game, Name That. Greetings, all you mutant babies out there in Toyland. Yeah, this is John. I'm back with another installment of Name That, and I know it's everybody's favorite podcast game. That's why I come back each week, and sometimes I read something, sometimes I play a sound. Last week, I read a sound that sounded like this. You power up light and sound to bring them down! Screens on screen with blazing lights and missile fire! And I didn't get any guesses as of recording time, so um, I'm kind of surprised because this I thought was a pretty easy one because this was a Ghostbusters commercial um, from the classic line. So uh, what you hear is uh, a part of the Ecto-1 part of the commercial. So like I said, kind of surprised, man, I didn't get any guesses. Um, loved all those figures. I know a lot of people out there do. Uh, they were kind of cool, you know, based on the cartoon. So uh, good stuff. Anyway, we will move on and play a new sound right here. Now this should be a super easy one, but I'm going to play it one more time just in case. Well, if you think you know what that is, and I imagine a lot of you do, this will probably be a speed round. So get on over to the AFB forum. That's AFBforum.com as quick as you can and make a guess in the name of that thread. You get it right. You get points. You get enough points and you will get Eddie's autograph. Um, matter of fact, he'll come in actually to your house and autograph it. Um, on your body for you. Uh, you know, if you got a cast or something, that might be handy. You could get his autograph on a cast. Um, it's kind of creepy, but that's what he wanted to do. So um, anyway, uh, you know, if you want Eddie's autograph, gather up those points. And, you know, you can always gather more by going over to uh, TVandFilmToys.com on Tuesdays and Thursdays, playing the picture version, going and guessing in the forum the same way. You still get points in the same spot, so it's all good. And until next time, I think this is John saying, who you going to call? Peace out. Extreme Ghostbusters! Formed with the ultimate ghostbusting gear. Extreme Kylie. Eduardo. And Roland face extreme ghosts with awesome attack power. You power up light and sound to bring them down. Ecto-1 screams on scene with blazing lights and missile fire. And when Egon sets the trap, you send them back. Extreme Ghostbusters vehicles and figures each sold separately, batteries not included. Now it's time for one of our feature segments. Toy of the Week is where we take a look at one toy or collectible in detail and 
Ben is up this week with another amazing purchase. So over to you, Ben. Thank you, Scott. Um, I mentioned in our intro that I scored this statue this week uh, through a trade. This was just through one of the Facebook groups where uh, someone was after something that I had and they had something that I wanted and uh, we managed to do a swap and... Uh, you certainly take your chances with that sort of thing because uh, there's no money being exchanged. You simply post your item to them, they post theirs to you, and you hope they do the right thing. Um, turns out the fellow I did the trade with is a very, very stand-up guy, and um, when he first started chatting to me, you know, he asked if I was after anything, and, and Dr. Doom was certainly on my list, um, but because of the, the prices of premium format statues, particularly in Australia, um, Doom was on my want list, but uh, I didn't have the cash to pick him up, so it was fantastic being able to do this trade and get my hands on this guy. So this is Dr. Doom from Sideshow Collectibles. Uh, if you're playing along at home, this is actually the second Dr. Doom premium format statue that Sideshow has done. The first one uh, is the famous uh, grail piece, as it's referred to by collectors, of him sitting on the throne um, with his little sort of chalice grail thing uh, it's worth a considerable amount of money and if you're lucky enough to have one then you suck um so this is the new dr doom which is uh i guess what we would probably call a, a sideshow museum pose um this is doom with his knee one knee up um as sideshow like to do i'm starting to think that this is i guess their little sort of trademark pose to the the equivalent sort of Bowen Museum pose of just sort of standing still. Uh, this actually came out in 2015. I obviously only got it this week in, in 2016. It is a continuation of the Marvel one-quarter scale premium format statue line, which um, features uh, mixed media when it's convenient. Um, I actually only got the regular version uh, of which there were 3,000 produced. This is number 709. Um, it's a, quite a large premium format. Uh, he's just under two feet tall, so he's 23 and a half inches or 60 centimetres tall. Um, I guess it is a, a man in armour, so he's fairly big. Uh, this guy is still available. You can find him on the Sideshow website for the very reasonable price these days of US $390, which is pretty darn amazing given that um, that's almost $100 under the sort of standard premium format price these days. Um, packaging, look, you've heard it all before. It's a two-piece split styrofoam um, box inside a, one of those art boxes. The art box is not too bad. It's kind of a close-up of Doom's mask, so it's got that sort of... Um, sort of rough metal, riveted kind of look. Nothing terribly uh, exciting, but it's certainly better than some of them that I've seen. Um, very, very collector-friendly. Everything is easy to see uh, in a box and uh, remove and put back. Now, uh, I'll move straight on then to Sculpt, and I actually got a surprise. I didn't pay a huge amount of detail to this one when I when it was first solicited. I just knew that something that I'd like to add to my collection. But it actually turns out this comes with two portraits. So there are swap-out heads. Um, the first portrait is that sort of classic Kirby look, um, and he's kind of got that disdained look you can see um, in his eyes behind the mask, whereas the alternate portrait is a, a more modern Doom faceplate with, uh, I guess, a lot more detail, a lot more rivets and stuff to it, and the eyes beyond that mask are a bit more sort of crazy looking um 
I am uh, blown away by both of them. I think they're, they're both beautifully sculpted. The, the main sculptor attributed to this piece is Ray Villafane, who is uh, certainly no slouch when it comes to sculpting superheroes. Or pumpkins. Um, now, <laughs> yes, yes, that is his other passion. Um, look, in terms of sculpt, I honestly think this is really a, a stunning piece. This is absolute classic Doom. And, and obviously we've seen a few little changes here and there with Sideshow, particularly with their recent announcement of Captain Marvel and Gamora to be sort of the more modern interpretations. But uh, for the most part, they seem to stick with the classic look. And, and this is classic Doom through and through. What I really, really like about the sculpt for this piece is the armour has that very classic feel. I've seen some of the newer Doom pieces where they've really tried to sort of up the, the level of detail and add sort of extra rivets and pieces to the armour. This is through and through that classic sort of Kirby look um, right down to those kind of weird disc hinges uh, on the sides of his knee plates, um, which I always thought were quite amusing. And uh, I think they've done a fantastic job of, of not overdoing it because under the, the plates that cover sort of the, the pauldrons on the shoulder and things like that, you can actually see the chain mail underneath uh, that makes up the rest of the armour and that's really beautifully detailed. It's a fantastic job. There are little subtle pieces here and there, there are little dints in the pauldrons and things like that which just add, uh, I guess, a bit more character to it. Maybe, you know, Doom's armour is made of something that wouldn't normally dent or scratch but I think in this particular case they've done an amazing job. So the Sculpt has him kind of in a bit of a relaxed pose with the one knee up. Uh, I'll talk about the base a little bit, uh, and I think they've actually been um, uh, a little bit creative here. It would have been quite easy to just put Doom on top of, a, you know, a castle parapet or something like that, as we've seen in the past with other Doom pieces. You know, it's, it's easy to just have him standing on top of, you know, his Latvian castle. Um, but for, for this piece, they've decided to go with something. It's a, a bit more of an industrial feel, I guess. It's hard to tell exactly what it is. Um, it looks like, I guess, just sort of the, the, the top part of a, an industrial building. Um, very nicely done. I'll get to the paint because there's something interesting I, I sort of want to mention later on. Uh, and... I think it works quite well. It adds a little bit of height to the statue. I'm always very conscious of height because I've only got a certain amount um, of distance between the shelves in my cabinets and uh, this guy is actually rather big. I was absolutely thrilled to find that Doom popped into his base without any issue whatsoever. Stunning. Uh, Add that to the phenomena. I know, yeah. I know. Karma's <clears throat> going to bite me in the ass with the next one for sure, but um, he goes in very, very easily and uh, he's quite firm. I was quite impressed at how well he stands. He stands dead flat. So um, yeah, in terms of the sculpting of the portraits and the armour, that's really quite impressive. All those little details for, for Doom are there. Um, I can really only comment on about one-third of him at best because uh, they've really done a lot with the mixed media here and included the, the green tunic that he wears or the tabard sort of thing that goes over the top of the armour is actually done in mixed media, so it's a fabric, and therefore it's it's covering pretty much his uh, his entire torso and the top parts of his legs. So you really can only sort of see from just above the knees down and from the shoulders down on his arms, um, and everything else is covered by the mixed media. Um, there are some other little great uh, sculpted details. He does actually have a, a mixed media belt, but the, the belt buckle is actually a sculpted piece, and it's quite a nice little sort of ornate um, antique feel about it. It's a little gold um, 
a little gold piece, uh, but also the pistol that's in the holster on his hip is actually removable from the pouch that does lift up and the pistol can be um, can be lifted out and there's a reason for that and I'll, I'll mention that later. Um, the last uh, thing I'll mention with Sculpt is the, I don't know what the technical term for this is, but um, the, I guess the, the clip or the, the pin that's actually used to hold his cloak on is actually a sculpted piece and very much like the power girl statue i reviewed a few episodes ago um, this actually works much the same way in that it has um, two pins that that go through holes in the cape and actually hold it onto the the shoulders um, very very nicely done in the same style as the belt buckle it's got that very ornate kind of detail uh, with a chain linking it two-piece uh, chain linking them in between so, look, Sculpt, um, really can't fault it. I'm very, very impressed with both portraits. I've gone with the classic because I think it's uh, just more uh, in line with the rest of the Sculpt, and, and I guess it's got that classic Jack Kirby feel. Now, in terms of the mixed media, you do actually have that um, that tabard slash, um, you know, uh, thing that he's wearing um, over the top of the armour. Now, the bottom part that comes down out over his thighs actually does have wire in it, so you can actually move that around to um, get the desired effect. Um, he does actually come wearing that uh, when you take him out of the box. What he isn't wearing when you take him out of the box is the main part of his cloak, the large cloak, but also the hood that goes over the top of the head. That's a separate piece as well. You do actually have to pop the head into the hood and then push the, the neck point um, down through a hole and then stick that into the, the slot in his neck. Um, I got a bit of a shock. I tested out the heads um, first and they snapped into place with magnets quite easily. Um, I, I gave them a bit of a jiggle and they were fine. Uh, for some bizarre reason, instead of putting this piece together on my coffee table in, in my, um, my lounge room, which is carpeted, I decided to do this on the kitchen bench. What I did find is... Once you've actually got that cloak over Doom's head and you, you pop it into place with the magnet, um, the slightest bump can actually cause that head to dislodge. Now, I was trying to work out if perhaps the cloak is actually getting in the way and reducing the distance with where the magnet can actually um, make contact with its, its uh, sister piece in the neck, and I think that might be the case, and so it really reduces the strength uh, of the pull. Um, and I bumped the head. The head fell out of the, the hood, uh, hit the edge of the kitchen bench, and it was only my Ninja Turtle reflexes oh my gosh. that stopped it from smashing on the kitchen floor. Some <laughs> um, tiled. Um, it, when it, it hit the edge of the bench, and I, I, I reached out for it, and I actually managed to catch the head. So uh, I promptly put all the pieces back, and then moved it to the lounge room where I should have done it in the first place. <laughs> so um, yes, that that sent the blood pressure and the the pulse racing, and uh, try as hard as I could, I couldn't really get that head to sit as tight uh, as it would without the hood. So that was uh, really quite disappointing. Um, but anyway, the interesting part of this piece is the fact that um, the cloak comes rolled. Uh, we've seen this before on a couple of other statues. I'm trying to remember who exactly who it was, but the cloak comes rolled around a cardboard tube similar that you would get in a tinfoil uh, kitchen sort of tinfoil roll. Uh, so you carefully unroll it and um, it sits fairly easily over the shoulders and those two pins push in. You have to push quite firmly to get them in to hold that cloak in place. It is... Uh, uh, completely kitted out with wire so you can move that cape around um, all you like 
Now, when this piece first came out, I saw people reviewing it and they were complaining about the cape and what a pain in the ass it was. And a couple of people had even um, uh, taken to putting their, their cape or cloak uh, onto the ironing board and giving it a bit of an iron to, to try and get a bit more of a, a uniform feel because uh, of the crinkles in the material. Um, I'm too lazy to do that. I got mine on and just started sort of shifting it around. But um, look, the wire does take some work. It is an absolute pain in the butt. But I sort of sat down and I, I couldn't think of any alternate way to do this as well as the guys at Sideshow have done it. Um, it, it is difficult, but it, it is a lot of fun when you get it looking good. Um, and I really don't think there's any way they could have, any alternate way they could have done this. I, I think they've achieved quite a bit with the mixed media um, in, in this piece. It, it really does look fantastic, and, and I think a, a sculpted one just wouldn't have had quite the same effect. So um, very good job in, in those terms. Um, look, moving on, I guess, to paint, there's not a lot to say here. They've done a pretty good job with the armour. They've got a nice sort of um, even wash over it, so none of that sort of gluggy black in the, the creases or the crevices or anything like that. The armour's got a really nice uh, feel to it. It looks, I guess, exactly like it should. Um, I did mention earlier that the base... Uh, has an interesting feel to it what they have done with the base is given it a quite a, a dirty feel so because this looks like it is the, the top part of a building uh it actually has all the grime all over it and at first i thought that um my base had some marks on it but as it turns out it looks like they've kind of got some dust into all the cracks and crevices it's it's like they've done a lighter wash um in there and it looks like you know dust or sand or something has built up but also the entire base looks like it's got these tiny little flecks um as if it's uh, almost like a dirty rain has actually uh come down uh, you know onto the onto the base so really really subtle work done on that base to to bring out some nice features because it is fairly straightforward and fairly simple and i think they've really achieved um quite a nice effect with that now quality of apps there's really not a lot to go wrong here um you don't have sort of um, a lot of different colors meeting and that's where you'd normally get slops so um the, the application of paints is just flawless really quite uh, impressed uh, there is an exclusive version to this guy. The right arm is a separate piece that snaps into place with a magnet. If you do have the exclusive version, it's a right hand holding um, the gun. Therefore, when you put that hand in place, you can actually remove the gun from the holster and put it back in the box. So it looks as if he's actually drawn it and holding it in his hand. So I don't have that arm, so his uh, gun will stay in his holster. Um, so really... Overall, I'm really quite impressed with this piece. It's uh, it's everything that I would have hoped for with a Doom. It's got that sort of um, that power feel. It does actually suffer a little from that thing that Scott mentions quite often about needing to go up high. Um, he's actually looking down from the top of a building. So if you've got him down low, you're basically looking at the top of his head or the top of the cloak. Um, you really do need to get some height with this guy to actually see the mask properly, which is a little bit disappointing, I think. Um, but it's, you know, that's, that's the nature of, I guess, the, uh, the, the control, you know, um, design they've gone for that, that he's up high looking down on his lowly subjects. Um, so I guess you'll have to deal with that. So look, I, I really have very little to complain about with this piece. I think Sideshow have done uh, an astonishing job, but I'm, I'm going to take a full point off because of the weakness in those magnets once the hood is on. 
Um, I think that's disappointing. Uh, once you get this displayed, it's probably not too bad, but I think even the slightest bump, if you've got a cat or something that uh, likes to wander along your shelf and, and flick these things with its tail, I think that would even be enough to dislodge it. So, yeah, disappointing. So I'm taking a full point off, which uh, still leaves it with 9 out of 10 dollies. Nice. This is a very um, great example of the mixed media stuff that I'm so fascinated by. And, uh, yeah, I'm still, I know I keep talking about it, but I actually have made some progress on trying to talk to somebody who does this kind of stuff. So hopefully we'll be able to do that soonish because, you know, it's a part of the, you know, we've talked to sculptors, we've talked to people about paint and all that sort of production process, but this is something that is a complete mystery to me in terms of how, they, uh, you know, how they do it. So yeah, yep. I'm, I'm so keen. Yeah, no, it works really, really well. Like This is right up there on that Hellboy uh, level. You know, Hellboy's got his trench coat. Yeah. I think this is probably even more effective than that. Tempting. I've got Power, <laughs> I've got power Girl staring down at me <laughs> after your last premium format review. Boy, oh boy. Oh, well, this, this is a winner. You're talking to the wrong person. If you oh, I know. I'd like to just <laughs> go buy the one of him sitting in the throne with the oh, chalice so that you sure. can review a different one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'll just get one of my yeah. children to agree to finally sell a kidney. Yeah. Me, what is yeah. that? About three three grand? Mm. I think. Oh, just man. borrow Arnie. Arnie got one, didn't he? When Did you he? guys were talking. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's. He, <laughs> Wow. Uh, well, thank you very much for that, Ben. That's a, a very good uh, overview of that. And we will take a break and come back to talk about the other things that we've added to our collections this week. From the Black Hole Collection, it's Vincent. Look, a black hole in space. And Captain Dan Holland. It's the Black Hole action figures, each sold separately. You can pretend the evil Dr. Reinhardt and Maximilian want to force Captain Holland and Vincent into the black hole. All clear, Captain. Other black hole action figures sold separately. Maximilian, Captain Holland, Vincent, and all black hole action figures sold separately by Migo. Well, we are all here because we collect, and Feeding the Addiction is where we talk about what we've collected. And Eddie, what have you collected since you were last on the show? Uh, I got a couple of things this week. So I found at retail the new Marvel Infinite series wave, which I generally don't collect, but there's a Deadpool uh, in this lot. So I've picked up the Deadpool. It's him in his blue and yellow X-Men outfit from one of the earlier issues of Cable uh, and Deadpool. It's pretty much the exact same figure that you got in that San Diego chimichanga truck pack. Uh, so if you weren't fortunate enough to pick up that pack, this is a good way of getting that sculpt. And he's very cool and nice looking and will go well into my Deadpool collection. Uh, I also finally got my December uh, order from uh, Maddie for the Masters of the Universe Classics, which finally finished out Classics. So Those sea turtles are really running out of puff now. um yeah that was crazy and in fact i actually got my january order on monday and my december order came in on friday uh which gives you any idea there but the uh december one had dare the laser power figures of he-man and skeletor and the 2000x had 
Pavius, and they were all fantastic figures. So it's one of those things I was mad about them. It was taking ages. I was about to contact them and say, hey, where's my stuff? It's being too long. And they turn up at the door, and they are wonderful-looking toys. And <laughs> uh, I kind of forget about all the troubles that have gone through. And then I sum up for Thundercats, and then that's where it's all going to run through and fun begin. But they've also just cancelled my two, uh, 2.0 Filmation series for some reason that I've just had to contact them about, which is a whole oh other weird gosh. thing. But there we go. Um, uh, also, I picked up thanks to a tip off from Ben, and I might be spoiling one of his ones here. I got some <laughs> new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles figures. So the uh, one that Ben picked up, uh, but I was also lucky to find the Dark Beaver and the Casey Jones Zamboni. Uh, vehicle and maskless figure. Uh, and I was kind of lucky too that Target had left out their 20% off uh, Turtles toy signs from a sale they had last week. So they still honoured it and I, I got them all uh, on the cheap, which was nice. Uh, as I mentioned, I also subbed up for my Thundercats. I got some new, well, not new actually, they're quite old uh, X Men 2 movie, the Toy Biz figures in that Marvel Legends style. I didn't collect these back in the day, so I'm going back and picking up a few of these ones that I've missed. And uh, I also ticked off a, not quite a grail, but, you know, that sort of penultimate grail uh, item, one of those items you really do want and look for for a while, but you probably could have gotten, but you're not always on the lookout for it, which was a Metsco uh, The Goon, The Goon figure. The goon. Uh, so the Eric Powell uh, one there, which is a fantastic comic series that I stopped reading because it annoyed me that I didn't have the figure and he'd go for crazy amounts at times, but rarely actually popped up on eBay. And he's very came out around the same time as that Metsco Hellboy line that I just loved. Mm. And so very happy to be putting him up on my Dark Horse shelf. So, yeah, very good week in the world of collecting on my end. Damn. You stopped job. reading the comic because you were sad you didn't have the figure? Yeah. <laughs> I'm one of those people. <laughs> That's I, I'm I'm really like there was a question on the boards a little bit back about um you know how does uh media influence your figure buying like uh you know, you watch a good film and then that inspires you to go out and watch the movie. I'm kind of that opposite guy where I, I've actually discovered a lot of films because they've started making toys of them. Huh. And there's always a thing in me that's like, oh, they're making toys of that. Maybe I should check out that movie and see what's going on there or things like that. So I get kind of weird and sad if I'm enjoying something, but I don't have the figure that I'm enjoying it for. And it gets a bit, yeah. Hmm. hmm. I'm Very odd. Good. Very good. <laughs> I... uh only made meager collecting efforts this week. I filled, I know, shocker, I filled the last of my DC icons uh, so far with Mr. Miracle, which we'll talk about that in a moment when we when we review them, about why I held off on him. And then I've been looking for ages for a Marvel Universe vulture. There was a wave that I didn't pre-order that only had really two figures in it that I wanted, which was Vulture and Shanna. And uh, I could have bought them for like $40 each at Minotaur in the city. They were there for ages, but I just didn't want to do that. And now there's a shop 
I don't want to say the name of it because I'm going to pay them out, but um, <laughs> there's a, a shop that used to have a couple of outlets in Melbourne that's now just got one in kind of a warehousey place um, outside of the city. I, I go there very rarely just to kind of see, you know, if anything's new. And lo and behold, uh, you, you can pretty much find anything there because their prices are often really high, which means that people don't buy things. And so mm. it's kind of like part shop, part museum. Um, but I got a vulture for a pretty reasonable price, and it came with a bonus giant cobweb um, that – had uh formed on it that's how long it had been there um so (laughs) so i you know i kind of feel like you know that maybe that's when when they start marking them down you know when like okay that one's got cobwebs on it let's you know put a discount maybe it's a spider-man accessory i don't know i just like i actually had to untangle and it's a it was a cobweb with other stuff caught in it because it'd been there so long and um, <laughs> like, so I actually had to untangle all that from it before I could take it up to the counter and pay for it. And um, yeah. Wow. Anyway, but I've got my vulture now. So hooray. <laughs> Good work. Yay. <laughs> and by, you know what? I didn't keep the cobweb. I have to confess. I, I so I failed at cobweb collecting this week. <laughs> and Ben, what have you got to report? Oh, not a great deal other than my Doctor Doom. However, uh, Eddie alluded to my other score, and that was the new Playmates Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Mutant Shredders, which is um, there's actually two pack of figures of Mutant Shredders. Um, this is a great line. This is, I think these figures, I don't know that I've ever deliberately gone looking for the new figures uh, to actually find them and buy them. I tend to just be meandering along the aisles and then suddenly there they are. And it's like, oh, they're out finally. Mm. And I pick them up. But um, I wasn't lucky enough to pick up Dark Beaver yet, so now I will be on the lookout for that one. But, uh, yeah, that's it for me. I forgot to say Dark Beaver is a great one to take a photo of in packet and send to uh, your friends that have a dirty sense of humour. I got a lot of uh, fun uh, sending that to non-toy collectors this week. Yes, I, I was I was trying to stay away from it. I thought I'd keep it out of the gutter, but um, thanks for taking thanks, it. Thanks, Eddie. I yeah. pulled it back in. Thanks, Eddie. Okay, well, unless anyone has anything else to report, it is now time to award another red card to something or someone in the toy universe. What is this bizarro world? Well, red carded is our chance to poke fun at the WTF moments in our hobby, be they an unusual announcement, a complete fail action figure, or something so much worse. And I guess in this week's Toe Jam announcement, Scott, take it away. Thanks, Ben. Ben and I have you know been talking about some of the challenges of selling and buying on social networks. There's a lot of advantages to using the buy-sell-trade groups that have sprung up on Facebook and elsewhere. You're avoiding uh, eBay fees. You're uh, often able to trade or sell to people that are more local to you, which obviously has advantages as well. Um, but then, you know, there are just the challenges of just interacting with humans and uh, their you know, various quirks and uh, different people's approaches to things. Now, uh, there was something that caught my eye recently on one of the uh, Facebook 
um, buy sell trade groups, and that was someone um, selling quite a large number of hot toys. And uh, you know, he was asking uh, considerable prices for these things. I wouldn't say unreasonable, but definitely market value, um, as hot toys are. And uh, the photo that he presented for this listing uh, <laughs> really caught my eye because basically, and we'll, we'll put it in the uh, semi-enhanced podcast, so <laughs> you, you know, have a have a look. But basically, if you imagine sitting on a couch. Uh, in the distance, you've got a couple of IKEA Dettols with your hot toys in it and on it. And uh, if you just sat on the couch and took a photo, <laughs> um, while, by the way, you've got your uh, leg and um, barefoot up on the coffee table, and uh, your leg actually ends up taking up the majority of the photo, um, and you can really only see... Oh that there are toys in the distance, not what they actually are. And then you present that as the photo. Um, <laughs> so yeah. This is gold. This uh, is like yeah. you, you decided to sell your car, but you just can't be bothered going outside, so you just hold your phone up to the window. <laughs> <laughs> I did have to ask if the leg was included. Um, but really what I wanted to say was, get off your ass. This like, is great. Just you know, maybe the reason that he had to sell the toys is because he's trapped on his couch, mm-hmm. um, and he needs money to lose weight to get up. I don't know, um, <laughs> you know, have gastric banding surgery or something. I'm not sure, but um, I, I, it's just phenomenal. Ben and I shared it with each other and had a chuckle, and we felt it was red cardable. So I don't want to red card the individual because he's a you know private citizen, um, but definitely the. Um, yeah, look, it's not as good as that fantastic uh, taking a photo of something behind a glass door where the reflection of your, you know, shirtless self is very, <laughs> you know, visible. Um, you know, we've had that as well. Uh, maybe sometimes more than just shirtless. Um, <laughs> but uh, this is a famous just... silver teapot. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you are, you know, that's fake. I don't care. It's wonderful. <laughs> it was the, yeah, that yeah. was a. It was done to be a, a comedy. Did it on, yeah, yep. hilarious. I also uh, just want to but, comment about this guy's photo. That he's actually got curtains in his living yeah, room. Yeah, this was what I was. What disturbed me and the most. The, curtains, the, the p- curtains are closed, but at the bottom of the curtains, where they should normally hang towards the floor, they're kind of stuffed in boxes. <laughs> As you do, I, I stuff my curtains in boxes all the time while they're actually up on the window. Yeah, now, you saw my comment. That was, that's my favourite part. <laughs> I just look. It's, you know, it's just so full of wind. Yeah. <laughs> Late, a couple of days later, we did actually Stelling get some, some curtains mint in boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what he was selling? Oh, I'm yeah. still wondering if he was trying. You know, if it was the leg. Um, a couple of days later, we did actually get some close-ups, and I really had to restrain myself from posting, congratulations for getting off the couch. Um, yeah. But, you know, there you go. So can you tell me how tall that joker is on the second on the second shelf? Yes, it's approximately seven big toes. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, uh, thank you for that. Yeah, dumb people, you get our red card of the week. Uh, all right. Okay. Sorry well. if you're a listener. Yeah, if you're a listener, sorry, but I'm sorry. Get off the couch. (laughs) After that well-deserved fail is our discussion topic of the week. Spike. And now Spike 
Well, let's see how He-Man likes your... Skeletor, Spike Orr, and He-Man figures each sold separately. Spike No one can stop the spike-studded armor of the mighty Spike Orr. Not even me, you muscle-bound porcupine. Not even you, He-Man. Spike Orr is new from the Masters of the Universe collection. Other action figures each sold separately from Mattel. The announcement of the DC Icons line from DC Collectibles created interest and some reserved excitement in the DC action figure collecting community, particularly for those people who were looking for something to fill the gap that had been left by DC Universe Classics. This seemed to have the potential to be uh, the successor of that line. Uh, that took quite a hit when we saw the figures and saw scale-wise that they weren't actually compatible. And for me, that made me put the brakes on from uh, picking up these figures. But our uh, illustrious friend, Eddie, um, had an enthusiasm <laughs> for this line, which then, because all, all you have to do is tell me I should buy things, and I do, as you can <laughs> you know, see from the show. Uh, but I did actually catch the bug as well. And so Eddie and I have decided to do a toy breakdown of the DC icons so far that have been released. We've had nine figures to date. Uh, first of all, I thought just a little bit of, a, um, you know, maybe why we are or aren't collecting this line, you know, it might be helpful. Um, for, for me, uh, my initial excitement, I think like many people was, oh, hey, you know, this mightn't replace DC Universe Classics, but it might be a way, something that I could cherry pick to continue to um, add uh, uh, figures to. Um, DC Collectibles obviously has made a conscious decision to put these at a different scale from from that line, which I'm not, still don't quite understand, but it is what it is, uh, but um, I am. I have actually been really sucked in simply by the quality and also the potential to do some fun universe building. Eddie, for yourself, what is it about you that um, that made you decide to collect these? Uh, well, for me, it was the Batman being from Last Rites was my original reason for picking these up. I am a huge fan of that Grant Morrison storyline that uh, tied in with Final Crisis. Uh, and I, I am, they do a lot of them, but I am a sucker for a good um, classic style Batman. I had a bit of extra cash burning a hole in my pocket. Uh, I wasn't looking at this line originally because I was hearing so much bad word about the size change where um, there. Uh, and But I caved in. I thought, I'll buy one. I'll buy the Batman. I can uh, check it out. He seems to fit well with figure art size, so he can just sit on that shelf or something like that. And once I got him out of the box and actually played with him for a bit, I actually really liked him he's a good uh solid figure the only complaint i've got about this batman is for some reason they've decided to paint eyebrows uh on the cow uh which in certain angles can kind of work with a bit of expression and sort of help highlight the eyes but when you look at it really close and uh focus on it those eyebrows can really stand out to you and look uh kind of very odd and 60s batman-ish uh, <laughs> which is a uh, bit weird there. And then later on they came out with my favourite character of Hal Jordan and I had to pick that one up and then I was like, oh, well, if I'm grabbing this, maybe I should just buy that Flash because of that <laughs> cosmic treadmill. And then that Friday I had all of them. 
And that's <laughs> how I kind of... I held uh, off for longer through. than that, at least. So, <laughs> you did. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm still I, holding off. <laughs> so, Ben, yeah, I was going to say, Ben, you haven't yeah. jumped yet. What's kept you from jumping? Well, I think for me, it's that really obvious thing uh, that they haven't had any any unique characters that I could army uh, army build, universe build with, um, you know, the predictable inclusion of, you know, Batman, Flash, etc. cetera, uh, wasn't enough to push me over the line. Uh, when we did first see some solicitations for these guys, we saw people like Atomica, um, who I was interested in. Was it Atomica that was in this yep. line? Yeah, yeah, she's coming. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so it doesn't matter that she's slightly smaller. Exactly, exactly. And so, uh, you know, I was quite excited about buying new figures that I could add to my DC Universe display. But um, then when I actually found out the scale was was out, um, it kind of soured me a little bit because I would be starting a whole new display for these figures. And I thought, well, I don't really need to start a whole new display of six-inch-ish Batman, Superman, Green Arrow because I've already got six-inch-ish Batman, Superman, Green Arrow. I was never heavily invested in DC Direct. Um, so I didn't have a you know a, a collection to compete with DC Universe Classics. So that became my core DC Universe. And so, despite the, the I had actually looked at these in the shops, and, and despite the really nifty sculpts and all those great accessories, like on um, on Green Lantern, it hasn't been enough to push me over the line to hmm. sort of start something new. Hmm. Cool. Well, so Eddie and I are going to run through the figures that have come out so far, and Ben, you can throw in colourful commentary you know as you go yeah um just to talk about the packaging for a moment um i have to you know reiterate my why oh why about batman animated figures when i look at this um Mm. line Mm. because this is your dc collectibles since the rebrand overall and we've actually got some feedback someone talking about this um, later on you know overall they've done such a good job of doing collector-friendly stuff. And uh, this is very much that uh, window box with one side that opens a tray that comes out. Um, really nicely designed plastic trays with covers for the accessories that make it really easy to get them out, but also to put them back in. And as a really keen collector of the Batman animated stuff, I couldn't just help sitting and thinking, why, oh, why, oh, why is the Batman Mm. animated? Because, you know, they've just really outdone themselves with the accessories on the Batman animated line, and that packaging would just be perfect for it. So, but this has got it. This has got, um, you know, it's pretty easy to open, even for klutzes like me. Um, (laughs) But I, I did, I did, there is one thing, um, when I opened my first one, uh, the little strap that holds them together, I did look at it and think, what fresh hell is this? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a different, it's not, not a twist tie, but it's not like the little plastic things that are kind of easy to pull out. It's different, isn't it, Eddie? Yeah, it's kind of like what combines your thongs together. Is it like a plug up? Yeah, is it one of those? <laughs> if my memories, it's, it's been I I got all mine last year, so okay. it's been yep. uh, kind of a while since I've cut those. But was it like one of those things you know that connect? Yes. Yeah. So it's got a little strap around the waist, but then at the back it just goes through the the plastic with little tabs, like a little so, T bar. Yeah, yeah, so you can't actually kind of cut it at the back or undo it. You actually have to either just pull it out 
or like I'm trying to keep the packaging because I, you know, I may or may not ultimately display these down the track if I want to, you know, if you do decide to sell, etc. Obviously, the packaging makes a big difference to that. Um, and so I then was trying to get in with a little pair of scissors and cut out the, cut the poor guys out without hurting them. So that was the only, <laughs> you know, annoying bit. Um, but I thought, wow, they've invented a new way to be really annoying, and it's <laughs> totally unnecessary. They're, they're so snug in the plastic anyway that mm. that I don't I, I don't think that that little strappy thing serves any function other than to annoy. Um, I I had my own bit of negativity with the uh, packaging, but I'll uh, cover that when we get to Dead Man. Okay, there on my one. Okay, no worries. Um, so Batman, we have talked about a bit on the show previously. Mm. Um, uh, Eddie's kind of done an overview of, um, but. I guess one thing to kind of mention there is these were solicited when they were first shown um, with a huge number of accessories. Um, some of those have been slightly cut down in the final version, but I don't think it actually is a really, there's any real negative effects um, of that. It might be, you know, one less extra hand or one less, you know, extra piece, but they still come mm. with some, a decent amount of things. Anything else that you want to say about Batman before we move on? No, I mean he Batman's Batman, you know what you're sort of getting with that sort of blue and grey yep. style design. Yeah. Covered. Yeah. They are the articulation I think you know, I really do like these. Mm-hmm. And one thing about the size of them um is that because they are compact I find them really quite easy to pose. So that that's yeah. a, And I I think that's one of the big I I kinda guess I didn't say it well before, but uh, I think one of the big selling points for these is once you actually do get them in your hand and start fiddling mm-hmm. with them a bit, that's yep. where you really start to enjoy uh, the figure a bit. So I'd say, Ben, if you don't want to get into another line, avoid actually picking one up physically and yeah. playing around with it. That's where – because the joints are nice and solid <laughs> as you turn them and oh, yeah. twist yeah. them. I haven't had really a lot of loose joints or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Green Lantern keeps pushing me all the time because I think you're fully kitted out, and I'm sure you guys will talk about this when you get to him. Um, you know, he'd look great in amongst any kind of Green Lantern collection. Mm. So, Mr. Miracle is the other one that Eddie is doing in Wave 1? Yeah, because uh, now this was one you were holding off on, and admittedly, this was one of the last ones I picked up as well with uh, Dead Man. I brought them together to complete off these first two waves. And I think you're kind of with me where the reason this one doesn't overly speak to you is he is the new 52 design, Mr. Miracle, and not your yeah, yeah. classic one, which yeah. uh, I do like the colour work, and uh, they've given him a very sort of you know, uh, flash car, red, silver, uh, shine uh, to him. And some of the paintwork on him, on mine at least, is very well done and spot through. And there's a great sculpt of the cape sort of coming in with his body then fanning out and all that. But it's just that new 52 design I think is a bit loud. And, One thing uh, that I can see. forgive here is that these do actually have a reference point in terms of, you know, the story or whatever that they're, they come from. And so because, mm. you know, it references and says this is Earth 2, whatever, it does give me maybe some hope that we might see another version down the line if the, if the line really does flourish. Um, but I was, I definitely wasn't going to get this one until I decided I was all in just because it was that, that modern one. I, I really like the figure as a figure though. And I love his mother box. Yes. I think might be the best mother box we've gotten. 
uh, out of any of the New Gods toy lines. It's got, you know, a different design on each side of it as it should and the colour applications to this tiny little accessory and fits in his hand. It's just, yeah, I just really like this mother box. He comes with his little discs as well. Yeah. Yep. Although I actually find, I don't know, you know, it, him, oh no, I've got it now. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm terrible at posing and yeah. balancing things. Like, so. <laughs> now, um, these ones, like I know the DC Classic ones were sort of more tech-based design and, you know, had some Kirby gadgetry on it. These ones are very sort of just clear yellow plastic and I I do prefer the classic ones better, but I'm not too familiar with the new 52 Miracle Man, so I don't know whether this version sort of rides oh, on Mr. energy Mr. beam Miracle, ones sorry. or... Oh, sorry, Mr. <laughs> Miracle. What did I call him? Miracle Man. Miracle Man. Different oh, okay. character. That's yep. a different one. We yep. don't have the rights to talk about him. No, 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 no. Um, but, yeah, so I, I don't want to ding it too much on that because I'm not too familiar with the discs that this version rides on, but yes. uh, I am. they are a bit plain for my liking. Mm. So then the other two characters in the first wave were Dead Man and Green Arrow. Um, Mm -hmm. Dead Man comes with a really cool accessory, I think, which is the – because obviously his shtick is he can take over people or – not it's not really possess them, is it? It's I'm not sure what the yeah it's 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 quite embarrassing. Yeah, and so it comes with a little Dead Man kind of mask basically trans translucent mask that you can put over other characters to show that he is uh taking control of them which That's is really clever. Cool. yeah it's 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 yeah. smart it's really cool and i actually really love the design of the mask it's sort of a one-sided mask piece but it has different like cuts and ghostly images as it sort of moves over the body that allows it to be placed on pretty much any of the figures. So mm-hmm. it will, yep. the way that it's, it's moving over the shoulders will wrap around certain characters, um, capes and pieces and bits like that. So it goes on pretty much anyone, uh, yeah. which was really clever in the way that they designed that. Yeah. Uh, but this was actually my problem with the packaging is yours came with it, but mine didn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I quickly rushed and... Uh, purchased mine in, at a train station as I was rushing through and uh, got at home to realise that someone had actually opened the box, taken this piece and the extra hands out and um, cut the figure out but then put him back in and returned it. And then that was the one that I'd picked off at the shelf. The clerks hadn't noticed when they returned it. Uh, luckily, it was the Zing store and they were quite good and spot through and they swapped it over, no hassles. And hmm. we had a bit of a discussion about how it was done and, you know, that there was different tape used on this box than any of the other ones and all that. But uh, it is something with the removable trays is it does make it easy for people to put new things in and do a bit of a dodge on the return there, hmm. but I uh, was happy to get a proper version with that mask because that is a great mask. Yeah. One thing I found when posing him is that they've really gone all out with the collar um, on this, and you know, certainly he is often drawn with a very high collar, but it's uh, quite it's quite wide. It comes out quite a distance in front of his face and it means sometimes that, that it limits the angles that you can kind of pose him on because if you go too far then you really can't see his face um mm-hmm. so there's not while, while the the articulation uh on the head you can turn it quite nicely there's not a lot of room 
to pose him and still be able to see the face from an angle. Um, but again, uh, you know, really nice piece. Um, my favorite of the first wave and maybe of the whole line actually is Green Arrow. Um, this is really an an impressive figure. You know, to me, the, the thing that, uh, icons, um, you know, certainly what they're trying to do so far and hopefully what it becomes, you know, uh, well regarded for is the depth of, uh, accessories, etc. that you're getting and, uh, being a Green Arrow fan, I've uh, collected a lot of Green Arrow figures in my day, and quite often, you know, there's a few letdowns. One being um, the bow without a string, mm-hmm. um, and obviously there are issues around that depending on where it's distributed. <clears throat> but this is a properly strung bow, and this is the first Green Arrow figure that I've ever had that I have felt like I've really been able to pose in some moderately successful, actually shooting the, an arrow poses. Um, it comes with uh, a number of arrows that are all, that can be put into his quiver. A couple of them are prop ones that are like, double arrows. So obviously then they're not meant to be used individually, but they sit nicely in the quiver. And then he's got a couple of single ones. He comes with a swap out hands so um he he's got one hand he's got fist and then one hand to hold the bow one hand to um hold the arrow and you can actually get an a arrow in there and the bow uh, sorry the string of the bow in there as well and get some really nice actually like actually doing archery poses um so usually you've got to pose him just kind of holding his bow or whatever but not really doing his thing and uh, so the other thing that I didn't realize about this until I got another package is that his uh, he's got the longbow hunter's gear on, but his hood is actually a separate piece that it's not removable. It's actually attached, um, but you can that he's got a fully sculpted head of hair underneath <laughs> it, um, cool. which is just amazing. Hmm. Love it. And yeah, and painted beautifully too, all Just the way. Beautiful, beautiful. Back here. Yeah, so right now, this is, you know, far and away uh, my, my favorite. Green Arrow figure. I've always been a big fan of the Hard Traveling Heroes DC Direct one just because it's it's so well captures the, you know, the kind of Neil Adams, you know, Green Arrow, Green Lantern era Ollie. Um, and the DC Universe Classics did that one pretty successfully did that mm, as, mm. as well but this just because of the uh the usability of the gear really excites me and um uh, so well done i'm going to turn this into a trailer week review if i'm not careful yeah. uh, <laughs> i love it yeah okay so then on to the second wave uh which uh was well i guess four figures plus a deluxe figure yeah. so you eddie you talk about a couple uh, so my first one from the second wave is the Black Adam. Now, he is another New 52 design, but this design's not too bad uh, from the original. The biggest change is there's sort of an lightning effect design going on inside the thunderbolts on his chest and some little bit of uh, extra um, 
detail going on on like his belts and boots and that but for the most part it's the basic black adam design and i actually really like this one he's a bigger buck than most of the others and that's one thing we haven't really mentioned yet on these is pretty much every figure is their own unique buck there's not really uh reuse going on with these guys at least yet at the moment i'm sure down the line um they'll get creative but at the moment uh each one seems to be pretty much 100 percent new sculpt yeah uh which is uh great uh so he's a bit of a bigger thicker buck like his thighs are actually quite big and chunky and muscly uh but he comes with some cool like lightning effect hands that you can swap it through out with and i do like uh the sort of made the bottom bit of his uh, lightning bolts uh, come off a bit rubber, so he's still got the chest articulation fine yep. through there, but there's no cut through the lightning bolts and uh, lovely feel to the cape and even just beautiful sort of hemmed edges of his cape down there is just a wonderful um, sculpting detail added on there. It's just I, I really do uh, dig all the little pieces and designs in this figure. Uh, and a very nice uh, black headed head sculpt. It really does uh, capture the character from the Forever Evil storyline. It's good to get a look at how they're going to handle the bigger characters and to see that really muscly. Um, you know, I, I, I personally think this is over muscled for the way that, like. I would like to see Black Adam. Um, he, you know, I, I really like the uh, Alex Ross Justice, you know, kind of version mm. of. You know, he's not skinny by any, you know, means he's muscly, but not um, stacked like this figure yeah. is. Like his thighs mm. are huge. Um, the the this is probably for me the weakest um, of my figures, and it's only because the. Uh, I've got a really loose joint in the um oh, it's not the ab crunch it's the torso um crunch it's it, it's really loose and so it makes it a little okay. bit hard for me to pose him. Okay, mine's actually quite solid. Okay. Um, yeah. But it's, it's beautifully done and I yeah. love the um the hands with the power the electricity coming mm. out of them. Yeah, just, that, that's mm. very clever. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. Yeah, and looks fantastic and the just you can hold him pointing it up and it's like the thunder coming down or yep. you could be doing sort of the Emperor Palpatine type thing and <laughs> just really cleverly like some oh. of just the basic design choices where you can get sort of multiple posing out of a simple design. Stunning. But uh, my favourite of the line, which was a surprise for me, I never would have thought it coming in. It was just one that I picked up as I was picking up the rest, but one that I'm just constantly going back to and picking up and fiddling with and playing and posing and swapping out pieces and re-pieces and uh, holding up and pointing in different bits of light is the Blue Beetle. So it's uh, the Jaime Reyes uh, yep. version of the Blue Beetle. Uh, and he's fantastic. The design on his face he's got like a bit of a angry expression going on that comes across nicely uh he's got swap outable uh forearms so you can put different uh alien cannons on because that's sort of his blue beetle suit sort of works like a bit of a alien organic suit that would read his thoughts he's got wings that come in and out of the back but one thing i do what like which has annoyed me with blue beetle figures in the past is 
His backpack scarab is actually on nice and solidly on his back. It doesn't come off. Yes. Uh, which the original DC Direct one really uh, annoyed me yes. <laughs> uh, with there for a bit. But it's yep. only attached at his shoulders. So his uh, um, ab crunch and lower pelvis crunch still work uh, really fine. He's got a lot of double articulation joints, so he's really poseable. You can get him in some great kickoff flying poses. And even just... Other simple design choices like uh, the prongs on the back of this scarab that kind of come up, they're angled a bit. They're not straight up. They're coming in at sort of a 45-degree angle with hmm. his neckline and that. And just design-wise, I, I really like that look when you're looking at him uh, on the side and just, yeah, all the little touches and flourishes uh, in his detail, the little paint choices like he's got where they could have just gone flat black. There's a little bit of sparkle there in the black that just it's gives a it something figure. alien and yeah, yeah <clears throat> and the see-through wings and it's just everything about this figure works once it's all come together it's one of those figures that all the different parts make for a greater whole uh in one and this is the one where i've really fallen in love with this line this is that one that's uh just amazing and like this is one of those times that the figure has actually greatly increased my appreciation for the character i have all the cool. original comics of jaime and uh, i think i'm technically a completist i actually own every figure <laughs> they've done of him but it's not from me actually going out and doing that but having this figure now uh has really really uh caught my attention and uh, i'll definitely be looking out for more of this character just based off really liking the design here for sure uh, in this one one of the things that i really uh, struck me about this line when I unpacked them and photographed them, etc., is that, you know, I'm well uh, on record as not being a huge accessories person. I often don't bother to unpack them all, photograph them, etc., because I know I'm not going to display them. But I've actually, you know, the majority of these figures I have left, I'm definitely going to be displaying them with some of the accessories, etc., because they're so good and so practical. So, mm. the and one of the things that, um, you know, I think is quite unusual for a, a you know six inch quote unquote scale line is just the successful uh, use of swap out hands, etc. Probably a lot of the fists to me, you know, if I are a bit unnecessary because you're going to swap them out to be able to use the things, etc. But I think it's such a nice touch. It really gives people options. But I I'm, was really surprised when I packed them all, packed the boxes up, because I'm definitely going to have these on display at the moment. Um, and most of them I've left with a lot of the gear still mm. on because they're not little bits. I did pack away the mother box because there is for Mr. Miracle, because there's not a way for him to really securely hold it. And mm. it's so small. I thought, I'll, I'll drop that and one of the dogs will inhale it and that'll be the end. <laughs> yeah. um, That's actually yeah. really interesting because you, you've never really been much of an accessory kind of guy. No. Well, I think it says something about how successfully they've done this. Mm. Um, mm. You know, like, so Blue Beetle, for example, you know, it's not like gear that kind of partly kind of hangs on him. It's actually, you know, you pop off the the arm and put on the, the, the cannon arm, for example, and it's mm. just so groovy looking that you think, wow, I'm going to keep that on. Like, mm. um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Awesome. Excellent. Cool. Um, so then the other two in that uh, line, I just picked up my Blue Beetle and popped both of his wings off because I was <laughs> fiddling no. with the... Oh, 
Oh, sorry, buddy. Um, you know, with oh gosh, he is such a great figure. Okay. <laughs> Shut up, Scott. So then the other two that we have um, before we get to the deluxe are Mr. Flash and Lex Luthor. Um, Flash was one of the things that initially excited me about this when they first announced it was that we saw that Flash was going to come with his cosmic treadmill, um, which is – I I do think maybe that the the DC Direct Flash and Kid Flash 2-pack – yeah, might, it did. Might have come with one. Um, so it's not the first time, but, um, you know, in terms of, and, and when they did say at some point, we're going to cut those accessories down a bit, I thought, oh, there goes the cosmic treadmill. But nope. Um, you know, this is a really significant pack in as, you know, from last week's, um, uh, discussion and same price as the others. It's not a deluxe, uh, etc. Um, Flash, himself is he comes with the fists and then the good old running slash swimming hands um the uh it, you know it's you know something really funny i my mm. eldest who is a big flash fan and she's got lots of flash stuff and i showed her on the cosmic treadmill and she wasn't that excited and she was like oh, i just think action <laughs> figures look dorky in running poses <laughs> 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 so, and you know, it's true, but it's the cosmic treadmill. Yeah. It's not just about, you know, that ha- having flesh, something that you can put in a running pose, um, but it's the cosmic treadmill. Um, yeah. yeah. So very groovy. <laughs> this one is probably my most mixed one. I do quite like, I mean, just the flash design. It's one of the greatest costumes yep. uh, in comics and that, and they, they do capture this Barry Allen well. Um, but I've just had a little bit of trouble with the actual cosmic treadmill itself. I found one, even just putting it in the plugs at the back on mine has been kind of stiff. And yeah. uh, there's one part that won't go in all the way. And I'm assuming that might just be one with mine. that's just like a little bit of extra plastic or something around the cut, but hmm. um, hopefully that's just the case. Uh, and the placement of the foot peg on the treadmill, I just find to be a little bit awkward. I kind of find it hard to get him in a good running pose just using that one peg without Mm. sort of blocking um, the display stand behind him there. And mine's had a bit of trouble staying up when I do have him in a running pose and it's caused him to fall. Sorry, falls. Falls is not a word. Back to using made-up words. Um, (laughs) And it's made his boot leave a yellow scrape across the treadmill uh, on the bottom, which is a bit... And I can't really scratch it off, which is a bit sort of annoying. But that's, you know, these are real minor nitpicks in what is overall a yeah. great. Like, I mean, there's probably even over 10 paint apps on the Cosmic Treadmill alone, just yeah. looking at it in terms of different color hits and like just amazing detail they've put in um, through here on. I haven't had trouble with the Cosmic Treadmill posing, um, but obviously your mileage may vary. Mm mileage get it (laughs) um the (laughs) sorry (laughs) one thing going addressing the individual sculpts thing that eddie was talking about earlier one thing that that um really strikes me is uh, i guess one of the letdowns of dc universe classics particularly in the later versions was that a lot of the um stuff we were getting was just paint you know, on, on a standard, but not sculpting. And here 
everything sculpted. So it flash, you know, it, the, his emblem, the little lightning bolts on his gloves and waist, etc. It's all sculpted, not just painted on. And I think that all really enhances the sense yeah. of qual- quality as well. And then the last one that I'm talking about is Lex Luthor, which is a, I, I, I quite like this figure. And I think it's partly because, you know, I'm not, Lex isn't up there on my list of, you know, favorite characters by any means, but, um, this is a really, a nice figure, both in terms of sculpt and then also the packings that he comes with as well. So he's got, um, his armor, which is all really nicely sculpted and, uh, something that, they've done quite a bit with these is that you've got some really nice use of soft plastic, like mm. Eddie was talking about with black Adam. So for example, some of the, um, the gear around his waist, etc., is not just sculpted on, it's actually soft plastic, which means that it doesn't inhibit your ability to pose and move the character. And then he comes with some groovy packings. Now I don't, I don't know what the staff thing is that he's holding. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's been a little bit since I've read Forever Evil, but this is one of the Legion of Superhero like lightning rods that <gasps> in the story what? was yeah, yeah. spoilers okay. used for the Shazam lightning, but it's, yeah. Oh, okay, uh, cool. Yeah. Mm. Oh, my gosh, I didn't even know yeah. that I had a Legion <laughs> thing. Yeah. Oh, how exciting. I thought, I thought you would have picked up that one. I haven't read Forever Evil. So yeah. you know, I don't, I don't, I'm so sick of comics. Sorry about um, but <laughs> I think you know, a lot of. I'm just so disappointed. And then he comes with a green pizza. I mean, a um, <laughs> it's a destructo disc from Dragon okay. Ball Z. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ad, Ad, <laughs> okay. So, Ad, Adam's laughing his ass off somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> right yeah. I I I love um this as a pack in. Um, you know, it's a separate hand with the, what is it? It's an energy thing or. Yeah. It's like an energy buzzsaw disc. Yep. yep. Attached. Um, posing wise, it is, you've got to kind of get the right angle to make it look like he's doing something and not either that he's like, you know, waiting tables, um, or like, dusting um <laughs> so you, you ha- actually have to really work to pose it to show that it's a powery thing but it can be done and uh, i think it's groovy yeah this is one i think you know once again we're talking real minor nitpicks here um but if it had been done in like a clear plastic or something yeah, to yeah, get yeah. that energy effect it's sort yes. of a very matte green um color yes. which is probably comic book accurate but yeah it doesn't give it i find if it's sort of on the side like a discus pose or above his head like he's sort of powering it up i think there's work the best with that hand yes yeah yeah but i mean it is achievable yeah but just a bit of work it's not as easy as i thought it was going to be <laughs> yeah. uh, but i'm still definitely uh definitely a fan of this figure uh you've missed my favorite accessory for him oh What's the um, so very Luther the side dagger that comes out of his um that you just attach on. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I haven't. That's one I didn't actually take out because I was using the the lightning rod and the um green energy thing. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he does have a little side dagger. Yeah, thing. just a very Luther uh, thing to have a dagger. Yeah, true. Up your arm true, sleeve. True. And uh, last but certainly not least. The deluxe, my boy, 
So when we did 200, I did Deadpool, but if it wasn't Deadpool, it would have been Hal Jordan. I have an affinity for characters that Ryan Reynolds would go on to play, <laughs> uh, it seems. <laughs> uh, so uh, this was my seller for the line. A good Hal Jordan figure is one that I cannot resist, and they definitely knew that they were losing me on Hal Jordan in the comics over at DC, so they decided to step it up uh, with the figure and gave us a deluxe Hal Jordan. Now, here's another New 52, but with Green Lantern, uh, it wasn't really affected by the New 52, so he's also pretty much your basic Green Lantern design from the Rebirth onwards, where it sort of comes to a point just above his waist on the costume. Uh, but apart from that classic Green Lantern look, uh, except for the collar and a little bit of shoulder design. But once again, all original sculpts throughout. He comes with some pieces that uh, you might expect, such as the energy fist that will nicely fit over the ring hand as well as uh, the lantern to actually charge his ring. But he also comes with a ton of armor-up accessories uh, that you can load onto him that puts him into sort of a fighter jet mech suit uh, green armor type of look and I love any of these energy constructs when you get them with a Green Lantern figure because I mean this is uh, what makes Green Lantern Green Lantern is the energy constructs and all this nice clear see-through plastic uh, like Blue Beetle uh, you can remove his forearms and that to connect on different gun arms and pieces like that that uh, helps build him up and it's definitely worth the small extra cost uh, on this figure to get this great deluxe design uh, running through. I did notice on a couple of them, I did need to go through a peg. Some of the eyes weren't 100% right with the mask. How's your one, Scotty? Was he? Uh, look, I, I did a silly thing because a lot of it comes already, you know, like assembled and then you've got to kind of take it apart to put it on. Mm-hmm. And I, I made the mistake of kind of taking things apart without really paying attention to how they went back together. (laughs) Yeah. So I did manage it, but I did find it challenging, but it's, you know, it's very cleverly constructed. I found it, I couldn't get my, the, the helmet thing to actually sit straight. It bugged me. Okay. Mine's gone on uh, quite well. I had the scare because this was the first figure I got when I was taking him out of the, uh, oh, a second after Batman, but that was a while before. Um, taking him out of the package was that his forearm was already loose and his arm stayed in the package when I took him out and I thought I'd gotten a broken figure right oh, off the no. bat, which uh, if you're a old fan of DC Direct is not an uncommon no, thing that's right. <laughs> to happen to you. That was so an was action like, oh, feature, thank you very much. On, <laughs> that, that um, but uh, it did turn out that it was removable for the uh, feature of uh, connecting it through and all that, so it was all good in the end. But I actually just really like the basic uh, energy fist design uh, that goes on his hand. I know there was one, I think it was the Sean Davis design uh, Green Lantern figure has had it through before and a couple in mm. the movie line did, but um, I do just love that sort of basic energy effect. So I actually ha- don't have him displayed with the rest of the pieces. I've just got that there and Same. him and his basic through. But a uh, great figure with another one that's just great to pick up and put all the pieces on and off and a uh, nice little display run through. And another one they could have easily cheaped out, used a lot of the flash design body pieces and 
that there, but uh, they have uh, given him a lot of new designs, which I do. Anything that makes each figure feel unique, like that was the thing, getting each figure felt like a unique experience, opening them up out of the package. Like I got um, a whole bunch of He-Man figures at once and you open them up and it's pretty much that same He-Man buck over and over again uh, in a lot of cases, whereas these you want to sort of explore each figure. You want to look at them from different angles and take in all the different uh, wonderful sculpt work that's going on and all the pieces in there and finding little unique things like, oh, that arm comes off and you can put that here and oh, I wonder what he looks like with one lightning hand and one plain hand and uh, each of them are just their own unique experiences that I just really like. <laughs> cool. So, Ben, any comments you want to throw in before we wrap this up? Yeah, well, I have to say, I really don't dislike this line. I don't have anything sort of fundamentally a- against it um, other than the fact that I already have a DC universe. So um, that's really my only thing. Uh, I'm not that fussed on the new 52 designs. So uh, Mr. Miracle and Black Adam and that would be just out immediately. For me, I, I much prefer sort of huh. the Green Lantern and the Flash. And, um, you know, these are quite prominent at my local comic shop and I, I look at Green Lantern every week. Uh, as I said earlier, I think, you know, done up in his kit, um, he would look great in amongst, uh, you know, any Green Lantern collection. So, um, yeah, who knows? In a few weeks, uh, feeding the addiction. Watch have, the uh, space. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Well, thank you, Eddie, for uh, encouraging me to give this uh, another thought. I'm glad you did. Um, and hopefully we've given you a idea of what you'll be in for. I really think these are definitely worth a look. I totally understand uh, for people that already have an established DC collection that this might not be something that you want to start. Um, I'm just really enjoying um, these. It's, it's a, a real buzz to collect. I'm going to make a prediction. Yep. By the end of this year, once we start getting uh, a few more waves and we get the Harley Quinn and the Joker and Firestorm and ones like that coming through and plus whatever extra we get that hasn't been revealed, I reckon these ones we've talked about tonight will be ones that people are starting to go back and trying to find as the line builds. I, I, I can, I can, I definitely do, particularly now that the second line's starting to hit, more and more people starting to... Uh, come over and pick them up and talk about them glowingly. So I could kind of see it being like that uh, early Marvel Legends um, stuff that I know Ben's talked about a couple of times where you think, oh, that figure was everywhere for a bit, but there's new people sort of coming in and getting into the line and all that. So uh, I reckon these ones here are going to be some ones people are after uh, by later in the year. I agree. Well, thank you very much. And uh, that wraps up our DC Icons toy breakdown. We will take a moment and come back with some feedback to wrap up the show. Spider-Man's getting ready to rumble. Oh, no. It's Doc Ock, Venom, and the Green Goblin. Fantastic action coming up. Take that, Green Goblin. Bam! Must get out of Venom's trap. Quack! Time to get out of here. Catch you later, Doc Ock. Brand new Spider-Man action figures. Out now. Before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. If you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes read out, email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com, and you might just hear it. So, Ben, you've got our first piece of feedback tonight, so over to you. I do. We've got an email from Kirk, and he says... 
just listened to episode 205 and wanted to chime in to agree with Scotty about the packaging of the Batman animated stuff from DC Collectibles. DCC is doing such a good job with collector-friendly packages overall, and I just don't understand why this line has been overlooked. I've actually opened my new Adventures Batman because most of the rest just have too many accessories for me to look after if I take them off the card. It's a head scratcher for sure. Thanks, guys, for the show. It's the best out there. Amen to the mm. both of those things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I totally agree. Totally agree. We're like soul sisters, Kirk. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Eddie, you've got something from Tony. I do. He sent us a message on Twitter saying, my wife doesn't know anything about toys or podcasts but I had to play her the Mutant Babies blooper because it was so funny and we both had a good laugh. <laughs> My whole family's heard that and laughed hysterically. It's, I'm waiting for someone to auto-tune it, sort of Kimmy Schmidt style, and chuck it through. It's Half the work's done already. Oh, that. That and actually, so Scotty, I meant to say to you, did you know you've made it into the blooper section of the latest Marvelicious Toys episode? <gasps> no. Yeah, they talk about you and it ended up in the blooper section. So when you, I think it's 157, I ain't afraid of no Hulk. Uh, have a listen to the bloopers because your name gets dropped. Oh, hopefully not badly. Well, it's to be determined. Oh, okay. Oh, no, I'm scared. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, I've got to go listen to that now. So goodbye, everybody. Bye. See ya. Good journey. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigureblues.com by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. That is, unless anyone has anything else to report, that's Feeding the Addiction. We will be back in just a moment to award another red card to something or someone in the toy universe. No, I'm good. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Oh, Ben! I'm so sorry! Oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> oh. You were just flowing so well, man. You were in. You just had the groove. You I was in the groove. Oh, yeah, because he I, wants to finish before midnight. He's just it, it, already oh, editing. Yeah, yeah, you've already talked, Ben. Shut up. Okay. Um, yeah. no, we <laughs> started the script to next week. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay, everybody, comfortable, cool, and happy with their news. Wait. Yep. I got a new station set up with a much larger computer screen, so it feels like I'm using an iMacs at the moment. Oh, wow.
That's very exciting. weird. Yeah, after a New, small laptop screen, it's now this big. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's so cool. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, I finally got a desk that you've asked me. Huzzah! Look, it wasn't so much that I wanted you to have a desk. It's that I didn't... I just, like, someone podcasting on their bed was creepy. <laughs> the rippling of your boxer shorts on the silk sheets. Yeah. Oh, when you hear the rippling, you're like, please be wearing shorts. You know, it's just the whole thing. Is just, so, yeah. I always had jorts on. Like, <laughs> jorts? Yeah, jean shorts. Oh, okay, I got it. Jean shorts. Good <laughs> God, man. Are you going swimming with Flipper? Yeah. <laughs>